All right. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bill Burr. It's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. Just checking in on you, seeing how your week's going. And once again, once again, I have an amazing guest. This is what Thursdays are becoming. Amazing guests with Mr. Bill Burr. We have the one and only from uh, Real Time, uh, Bill Maher is with us here, who is, uh, he's plugging, he have a date, uh, the Hulu Theater in Madison Square Garden? Yes, on the 12th of this month, November. That's amazing. Is that where Eddie did uh, Raw? I don't know. I think he did. Really? Yeah. I don't think That's Hulu, also. I don't think the Hulu Theater Well, they existed. renamed it. Oh, they renamed okay. it. Well, it's Madison Square Garden. If you can't find that, you're not enough. Uh... Right. You know what else happened there? That was where uh, that whole we- East Coast, West Coast rap thing started. Is that right? That's where uh, Snoop was going. You guys don't have any love for the West Coast? Okay. And 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 Shug was saying, you know, all up in the videos. Come on, you know this I, stuff. I, I love the energy that you start huh? this show with. I mean, like a Bill, don't bring me down. I'm, I'm, what I do no, is I, I stay you, at this I, level of energy to stay ahead of the fog <laughs> of my depression. <laughs> What are you uh, depressed about? Huh? Your career's going fantastic. What do you mean? What am I? That's that's what fills you up. That's that's the BS. That's, that's what, like, and then I do this, and then then I I, I do uh, two episodes of ER, and then I'll love myself. Wait, you, seriously, you're not happy? Um, no, I am happy. Okay, I am happy. Before you judge <laughs> well, me, but okay. I do well, know, I do know that like if if uh, if I slow down too much and I really take it all in, yeah, I don't like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do I do understand that. About, okay. I mean, I only live for the future. Also, like I, like okay. the past offer. Some people are like, they really get a lot of joy out of memories. It's like I nothing. I mean, because it's gone. It's only about tomorrow. Do you throw stuff out? Do you hold on to things? Is I, I'm a. Uh, I am very selective. I, I'm. I'm very neat. So I do hold on to things, but it fits into like I, I'm very big on files. I have many files. Like I'm not a car guy, <laughs> but I have files up the ass. I have them in the garage. I have in my office. The like outer a file office. cabinet. Like of- very, very good files. Like. Fire King files. They are fireproof and they are strong. Some of them I've had for thirty years. They last. And what's what's in there? Everything. Like th- like every year I keep a file of just like stuff from that year, that just reminds me of what happened in the year. Notes and things that happened. Like you know. So you are a little sentimental. Well, just I like, in a very office I, not, type of way. It's not really for With, sentimentality. It's, I call it being a good caveman because when I want to look back and know what happened in 1991 or something, mm-hmm. I can look at that file and know who I was. I want to be a good anthropologist for my own life. Oh, all right. Now, when you go back, have you ever, how, how often do you go into those file cabinets? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Like, is this something like every I, Friday night? I, it's not. <laughs> Let's see Bill Maher in it's, 1988. It, it, it's not often, but I did have the occasion, I won't even tell you why, to look back at like the beginnings, like stuff that uh, from like age 12 to 14, I was looking at with with someone. We were laughing our asses off. Oh, all right. Uh, about it because you know I kept a little journal. I started when I was like 14 or something, and it's just of course hysterical. I mean, what goes through your mind and what you're thinking, and mm-hmm. um, I mean, like in that file there were things like I had sent away to WABC radio in New York for the Hot 100 songs of the year, three years in a row. And they, you know, if you sent away with a 
self-addressed stamped envelope. They would send you the list of them. Yes, what were the top 100 songs? I guess that this was by sales back then. Now it's streaming, and who knows? Right. I mean, it's Taylor Swift made up. Taylor Swift has the top 10 songs now on the charts. Well, that could never happen back when they actually tabulated who did the best by who went to a record store and bought it. The Beatles once had the top, I think, four or five, but that's only because they had the whole backlog from mm -hmm. 63 before they had broken here in America. So like when they had I, I Want to Hold Your Hand was their first hit in America, but they had a She Loves You had been a hit in England the year before uh -huh. and a couple of their other singles. So they had like five songs in the top 10. That will never happen again for real. Right. Anyway. But she is a really good, uh, I, I respect how oh, a, sure. a good business person she is, that she realized yeah. that she was getting screwed over by her label and then tried to create something else. I forget if that worked. Yeah. Her, where they give you like for every 90 million views like she gets, she gets like half a cent. I mean, I yeah. love how like like oh. the internet set us artists free for like half a second before the business people came doing like the end around. Like right now, they're signing new comics and they're and they're like owning their podcasts and getting and I'm trying to tell every young comic I need like you don't fucking need these guys. They can't get you advertising if you don't have listeners. You're going to get all of this stuff. And then what's going to happen is is if you leave that agency, it's it's like they're going to get your money for the rest of time. It was like back in the day if you booked a sitcom with one in in your agent was at whatever uh, William Morris and then you left to, for Gersh, the whole time you did that sitcom, you owed William Morris the money. They're going to do that with like podcasts. Where the fuck do you see young comics? What do you mean? I go out to the clubs, Bill. <laughs> you do? Yeah. You wow. have to. Uh, you it do? keeps you young as far as like, you're still, like I, I'm still 54, but like, you can't go out. Dude, I used to watch a lot of guys from your generation. Who in my generation? Your generation. I'm 12 years older you're than you. You're, you're a boomer, man. You're fucking talking about the Beatles. Getting right. all, you get you're, all you're your, your feathers okay, so you're 12 fluffed years. about what's-her-face. Okay, by the, the way. The White to, Album to, is to, so much better than by Taylor the way, Swift. By the way, to anyone under 30, we're the same. Okay, so don't be like your no, no, generation. Are, but, but to, to you, no, no, but I'm saying as a kid, I was coming up. Your stand-up generation. Right. Okay, well, during the heyday of the sitcom. Yeah. Can we, can we meet on that ground? Can you maybe, uncross maybe, your arms for half a second? Maybe. Let me feel like you're judging me. <laughs> All right. So we're coming in like and people, I saw a number of people who were like series regulars or had their own sitcom. Right. And, you know, the whole thing was once you got like into that third season and I got rolling and you were sure. working towards syndication back when that was a thing and you'd have this avalanche of money. I saw a handful of those guys just stop doing stand up and then come back. Oh. After like six, seven years, that's like leaving music for six, seven years, how much it changes. And I watched them like really struggle. I mean, they eventually figured it out. But that's why I kind of learned that lesson is just like I need to. This is like going to the gym. I have to do that. I mean, but I go to the gym, but I just don't do it in the clubs. I mean, I'm, I'm always on the road almost every not every weekend, but like every other weekend. I mean, yeah, but, I, but I'm not in front of your fans, though. That's right. Different. Exactly. That's a layup. They're there to see you. Exactly. Why would I torture myself and go in front of people who don't understand Because you're going to lose your edge, man. I do not <laughs> lose my edge. Trust me, my edge. I just did a special. It was on earlier this year called Adulting. It's very, uh -huh. I mean, trust me, I'm surprised I wasn't canceled from it. Um, yeah, but who's going to cancel you? Why oh, do young people do? I was going to say, you are the establishment. Well, by the way, you and I, anybody could get canceled in the next 30 oh, seconds. Oh, wait, you were one of the first guys when you had a political career. <laughs> 
right. Yes. That's exactly. right. I forgot about that. Excuse me. <laughs> I, I was literally canceled. Okay. Back literally, when, they literally took your show uh, away literally, back when there was... Yes. When canceling meant actually being yes, canceled. Yes. For our younger viewers, he had a show called Politically Incorrect, which was fantastic. The, the It was just you hosted, and then you had just... Four completely different people. Right. You, he would have, like, you know, Anwar Sadat on with, like, Slash. And then they would just start talking. Right? I love the choice of Anwar Sadat. I was that trying to think of somebody. So perfect. I was trying to think of somebody political. And I actually saw him. I saw him do a gig out in front of the White House. We went to we went to Washington, D.C. Oh. in the early 80s, and Anwar Sadat was there. No. Yeah, and he gave a speech. I saw him live, oh, man. That's yeah. like seeing the Stones. Right. No, no. It's like seeing Jim Morrison because yeah. he's not here anymore. Boy, how about the way he bought the farm, huh? I mean, that was bizarre. For well, you guys who don't know, he was watching a military parade of his yes. own country. And as he's watching one of the trucks pull up, everybody jumped off and just started shooting at him with machine guns. Right. And his security tried well, to bury him in chairs. Well, it was his own security people who were killing him. Yeah. Well, same same way. That world uh, leader thing, is that's a tough gig. A tough gig. Same way Indira Gandhi got it. You know, sometimes the people around you who you... Was tra- that Mahatma Gandhi's brother? No, no, no. And do- <laughs> Gandhi is a... <laughs> Man, that was a deep cut. <laughs> no, a deep cut. Uh, no, Indira Gandhi was the leader of India, not related to the other, the other Gandhi. So that name's like Sullivan over there. It's right? very common. It's Actually, the, the name Patel is even more common. I think, like, the number of people in India named Patel... There's some stat I read, like, if it was a country, it would be like, you know, the, the 18th, 18th largest country Have in the world. Have you ever been over there? India? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I did a gig over there, man. It was amazing. Come on. A gig? Yeah. You did a gig in India? Yeah, it was amazing. What city? And I'll tell you, the people there, they're fucking hilarious. They're ball breakers. When I, I called up this podcast, and they were just talking to me, going like, hey, you going to talk about this? And I was like, ah, oh, you know, I don't know. They go, you going to talk about that? They just kept leading me on these things. You talk about religion or something? And I was like, you know, I don't... I go, wait, are you guys talking about this stuff? And then they started laughing. They were trying to get me in trouble. What, what city what? was this? Uh, Mumbai, which used to be Bombay well, of when, course when we were kids. <laughs> no kidding. All right, I'm not trying to, you know... Okay, I get it. You have a globe. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> Mumbai. Mumbai, yes, sorry. It's the, it's the city that was attacked so viciously in 2008. Yeah. Remember the attack By the there? Protestants. No, by the Protestants. The Amish, I believe, was. Yeah, I love the water. The, no, no, who was it? Was, uh, it, was, it was Pakistan. Was well, it Pakistan? It, it was a Muslim attack on Hindu India. Oh. I mean, and boy, did they, I mean, they went through that city, that, that, that hotel that they attacked. Uh, I think they made a movie about it, the Hotel Mumbai or something. Yeah, well, I, um, when I was there, they had, yeah, they had like people with like machine guns oh, and stuff out was, front. But was, it was like. Uh, they were uh, they are beautiful people, man. There was something yes. about them. Like they were all jammed in together, and you'd think that they'd be like New York, right. but they weren't. They, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. There was people walking around with T-shirts that said "Real men don't rape," and I was like, uh, "What's what's up with yeah. that?" You're like, that's really not here. That's a little bit north of here. It's just like, all right, every country's got you know yeah. their old school Times Square. You don't well, go that, to that city is one of the the greatest income inequality examples in the world because mm-hmm. there's billionaires there's a house there that is like i don't know something like i don't know 50 stories high or something and the guy owns the whole thing right and then there are the slum dogs i mean there are people who literally live in that sewage i mean what their immune systems must be like over there just incredible yeah no it was it was a uh i don't think they need the vaccine 
No. <laughs> I really they don't. are the vaccine. I, I think they, they're good. Yeah, no, but it was, uh, it was quite a, a, a... I would go back in a second. That's really? how much I enjoyed it. I would go back in a second. It's just I got two kids now, and I, I, it's just such a long flight to try to get back there. But I would go back there in a second, and the perspective it gives you, you know, how cool they are, how funny they are, and then all the stuff that they're dealing with. And, and like just all just going over to Asia was amazing to travel over there because they literally have everything that we have, but just different people doing it. Like down, they have their own rock stars, their own airplanes and stuff. And you stay here and you think, oh, everybody is and, into what we're doing. And they're over there and they don't give a fuck. And their own movie. Yeah, it's amazing. Bollywood. I mean, it's a whole entire movie industry over yeah. there that is different than ours. So but how do, the how same do they... though, but you like watch it and you're kind of like, oh, this is their Bruce Willis. I get this guy. Right. You know, it's it's because there are just <laughs> yeah, so many stories to tell. Um, how did, but how did they know you over there from podcast? Podcast really from yeah. podcast? Yeah, podcast people like uh, <laughs> they they. Well, I guess list, they like, also I, get I have people Netflix. Netflix. I have people Netflix. Uh, Your special is huge on Netflix. Yeah, and Netflix fan, and is fantastic by the way. Um, oh, thank you. And then there's uh, other there's people in countries they're not supposed to be listened to it will reach out and tell me that they listen to I never say what countries because I, I don't know what goes on. The black van pulls up. I don't want to be a part of it. Right. But like it's it's a, a really like, uh, yeah, no, it's great. Like um, I, I was in Italy one time and some kid from like Serbia or something came up to me. He goes, you Bill Burr? And he said it with the accent. I said, yeah. He goes, he goes, hey, Monday morning podcast. Go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> like, you got to be kidding me. I go, you listen to that shit? Yeah, I got a picture with them and everything. It was awesome. I, pl I played Europe in 2015. I, I did the English-speaking places you can play, uh, Oslo, Stockholm, did you do, obviously uh, London, You uh, got to do the Midwest. Amsterdam. I did that one. It was amazing. The Midwest. The Midwest of, of Europe is what I call it. Oh. <laughs> like, we did, uh, uh, where the hell were we? Uh, uh, no, Slovenia. we did Latvia. No, but we did we did in Warsaw. We did like four cities in Germany. Uh, uh, Budapest, uh, Prague, Vienna, and dude, you can just go over there. Their English is so good. Right. You can just yes. do your act. Just and do it. Yeah. When I was in Budapest, I was like in the middle of my second one. I should have taped this. This is like a special. Right. They were that. Great, and they loved uh, anything you did. If you made fun of their country or you made fun of your country, right? Gold, yeah, gold. And I always feel it's kind of good to do that. If you make fun of yourself, they realize you're not coming there like a pompous ass. But you also right. make fun of them. You're not going there to, to like kiss their ass or whatever. But uh, like I had fun in Germany talking to them, saying like you know all the amazing stuff you guys did with like you know audio tape and space. You know, you pick one, you pick one wrong guy, yeah, one monkey. You just can't. And they no. were just sitting there like they was like, well, they must get it all the time, and and the truth. Well, yeah, I mean, but there's also other shit going on there. I mean, yes, and it's unfair, but I mean, to people who are Germans today, because it was a long time ago, they had nothing to do with it. Yeah, and I always think about the Nazis. Like every group of people at some point has tried to take over the world. I mean, yeah. everybody gets their turn in the barrel, like doing that. Those are my favorite Norm Macdonald jokes, was saying how Germany was the size of Maine, and they tried to take over the world, and they almost did it. <laughs> uh, Germany was never the size of Maine. Germany's a large country. It isn't. It, it is. Not compared to us, it isn't. Uh, not quite compared to us, but in Europe, it is. I found your, your button. Your button is ge uh, geography. <laughs> 
You get all prickly. <laughs> no, it's I'm just I'm, just I'm just Mumbai. Mumbai, sorry. And, and also Germany is a large country. And and German peoples live outside of Germany. That's one reason why Hitler was was taking over little parts of Europe before I'm not World counting War. Counting the expats. I'm saying what it says. They're on, not expats. The They're just pockets of German people. Czechoslovakia has German people. That's why Refugees. he went in not refugees. He went into the Sudetenland because he was quote-unquote protecting ethnic Germans there. He went into Alsace-Lorraine on the other side of Germany. Germany is a fairly big country. and You just downsized that. You said Germany's a big country, now you're saying fairly big. Just saying. Why do we have to have this adversarial relationship? Because it's We're, fun. Okay, all right. But, uh, you, know, you know, I read the, your the, book a long time ago. Which one? The, the, the stand, true story. Oh, Good. Buick and all of that. I love that yeah. book. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Now, when you I mean, when, when you started stand up, you literally like there was so few rooms, right? Before the whole, did you start before that, or was that just in the book that you were talking about that? Again, era? we're twelve years difference in age. I mean, you make it That's sound like a big like, difference. <laughs> I don't think it's as big a it difference is, dude, as you're making out, it. I came out. There was the like, compact disc. You were like fucking uh, LPs. Uh, Okay. You buy a bag right. of grass if, this if, fucking if big. That what you, well, if that, now if, it is. If this is what you need, now it is. If this is what you need now to make is. yourself feel young, you do no, you. No, 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 no. All I I'm know is now it's not big deal. But like when I, I was twelve, in, you were twenty-four. You had like a mustache and shit. Okay, but when I was twenty, you know, when I was thirty-six, you were twenty-four. Weed? The older you get, the more alike you become. Now that you're, no, but I'm talking about back then. I started in 1992. Rather okay. than 1980. That's a big fucking difference as far as where stand-up is. Okay, great. Do you have that? If that makes you feel good, then you do. No, I was you. trying to find out about stand-up. Um, <laughs> yes, well, we, we, had, we had crude tools uh, back then, uh, and there was no electricity, so we had to, like, shout the jokes. No, but there was there wasn't like there was a funny bone in every every state back there was then. A, there was a comedy explosion right around the, the early eighties. That's true. Okay. Every town like had a a bunch of comedy clubs. Uh, it was exciting. It was also not so good because there was too many clubs and too many comics, which quickly burned out. When, when did you notice that? Like when you were well, you were doing it? At, did you, now did any any of you guys? That were doing stand up in the eighties. Did any of you guys see the bubble like bursting? Like, there's no way you can sustain this. Like yes, of course. How could how could uh, you know Columbus, Ohio, have six comedy clubs? I mean, they were just right. ridiculous. And I remember uh, there was improvs at some point, like in so many cities. And my great friend, uh, patron Bud Friedman. I remember I uh, at some point he moved to Beverly Hills because there was improvs in every city and the money was pouring in and there he was in Beverly Hills and had this big beautiful house and all this artwork and then somewhere <laughs> ar wait 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 listen to this I love I love the new money artwork okay let me, I love let me, that's one of my favorite things all right, ever all right. <laughs> Let me finish. Sorry, I was laughing at your joke. So I didn't tell the joke yet, which is that he, uh, around 1990, I guess, somewhere mm -hmm. around there, called me up and said, we're having to move. <laughs> this is apropos to the point you're making about yeah. the, the boom and bust. And would you like to walk through my house and I'll 
give you all the artwork that I can't afford to keep at the for just what I oh, paid for. No. It. And I got some amazing pieces, like a vulture I swooped in when he when a friend <laughs> needed to sell his artwork and to this day it hangs in my house. Some amazing pieces that I got for very little money. <laughs> and that's how I got back at the club owners, Bill. <laughs> that's amazing. yeah. Wow, he got overextended like that. When I was starting yes. he was going through his divorce. Oh. Yeah, that's when I started. His so, divorce. So his From Silver? Yeah, she got the New York com the New York yes. improv. And you know that famous story, right? That's not when you started. That he that I remember he was with Alex in Or then he was already divorced. Absolutely, cause, or, oh, okay. or soon, but I remember going to uh, when David Letterman had a morning show. Like I remember, yeah, for one year. I think it was nineteen eighty two. I don't remember, I remember seeing it about something it. like that. Yeah. And I remember going to a, a taping of that, and Bud was there with his new bride. So he must have, and of course, Bill, in 1982, oh, you were still in diapers. I was 14. <laughs> I, was 14. I know, I'm kidding because um, you're. If there was, uh, yeah, so she was longtime divorced, but the story I had heard that was part of the divorce settlement was she got the New York improv. And that he couldn't open another right. improv within 100 miles or something. And he opened one in Atlantic City, and she got in her car and hit the odometer and drove down. Then it was like 98 or 99 miles, and they made him shut it down. Oh, wow. I don't I, know if that's I'd true. I'd never heard that. Allegedly, before I, yeah. she comes back and sues me. No, I don't know about that. Um, but I do know that there were a lot of improvs, and I played them all. It's simply safe, everybody. You know, if you thought about securing your home with home security, but haven't been putting, but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, my listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for fifty percent off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report for a third year in a row. It's a fucking dynasty. All right. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use FastProtect TM technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real. It is not a raccoon. It is a fucking person. Waste them. HD security cameras for inside and out. Smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and threats to your home. Uh, like that annoying neighbor coming up your walk. 24-7 professional monitoring service costs under a dollar a day. Less than half the price of ADT's traditional um, professionally installed system with top-rated Simply Safe apps. Stay in complete control of your system. This is where you just go, you oversell, right? They got it. I mean, we got another fucking page of this. Um, Anytime, anywhere, arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras or adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance for massive savings on my favorite security system. Get 50% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash bar. I feel like old school. Get 50% off um, their biggest discount of the year. That's simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash burr, B-U-R-R. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Oh, look who it is, everybody. Are you kidding me? The oldie but goodie doing the casinos at this point. It's old Zip. Recruiter. Zip Recruiter, are you hiring? What type of role are you hiring for? Maybe you need to hire someone that wear, to wear many hats. I thought they said maybe you need to hire somebody that wears a hat. Uh, 
It's kind of vague, which can be challenging. Or you might have to have a position to fill, but it's taking forever to find someone who's a great fit for your company. Whether you need to hire a civil engineer in New York, a pediatric nurse in Nebraska, an attorney in Colorado, or even a mascot in Missouri, zip, can help you find quality candidates fast. And now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. From account... From accountants to zoologists and everything in between. Zip. Matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job and presents them to you. For my money, I like the devil read the best. Um, then, that's the 80s album. Rob Halford wrote that, that copy. Um, then you can invite your top choices to apply. It's so effective. Four to five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try it now for free at this exclusive web address, Zip. Yeah. I should say it. ZipRecruiter. Z-I-P-R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R.com slash Burr. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. B-U-R-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. The smartest way to hire. I fucked that up. I like when I go to ZipRecruiter.com. The smartest way to hire. Who, uh, now who did you start with? In the clubs? Like, yeah. Cl- like, uh, well, uh, there, we were, there was three clubs. There was the Improv, like you mentioned, on the west side. That was the granddaddy of them all. That started in the early 60s as an off-Broadway place, yeah. right? It was like place originally, I think. Became a pizza place. And I think that shut it down. It did? Yeah, because oh, I remember going wow. in there because the shape of it is still sort of the same because that Richard Pryor um, live and smoking, he taped there. And it's just, of course, a, a total close-up so you don't even get to see in the club at all. Um, he taped there? Yeah, he's got that one where he's The bombing. one on 44th and 9th? Yeah. Wow. Okay, well, that was where the first really the first urban comedy club the place that really changed everything from the Catskills which is mm-hmm. um, you know way back when when that's how comics used to start that was the you know Borscht Belt and then I guess the improv opened something like 1962 I don't know but that was the first one and then Catch a Rising Star was on the east side that was my club when I got there like in the early 80s that was the hottest club that's where Pat Benatar started. They, they had music acts there, um, as well as comedy, Richard Belzer. And then you guys all hung out at the Green Kitchen? Yes, right? that was right across the street. These the stories Green were all Kitchen. legends when, when, I, when I came around. Richard Belzer. Uh, and then there was the comic strip. Mm-hmm. That was a couple of blocks away on 2nd Avenue. Um, that was Seinfeld and Eddie Murphy. That was like the Long Island Richie's comics. Club. Yeah, Larry Miller. Second, yeah. Richie Tinkin. Yeah. Yes, Richie Tinkin and Bob Wax, who had previously owned these blood buckets in the Bronx. But then they got, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but then it was like, okay, we could, you know, chime in on this comedy trend and, uh-huh. and open a comedy club. And they did. And it, you know, comedy was just off the hook at that era. So what that, that fascinates me, because I never talked to somebody that came up in that era that actually said that they saw, in the 80s, that <laughs> they saw that coming. I'm not saying you started in the fucking industrial age. I started in Mumbai in the 1500s. <laughs> yeah, no, Bill. you started you yes. start, like, yes. the 80s. 80s, now, it, absolutely. It, fascinates me that you're in the you're so you're in the middle of something and you're going like i know this is going bust so well what 
But you have to be think. Will you think about like the cream's going to rise to the top or stay it, at the top or whatever? Well, I mean, back then, we the template we all worked by was we got we're doing stand up, yes, but we want to get a sitcom. I mean, even even Seinfeld got on Benson, Benson, yeah, <laughs> and we all thought it was great. I remember my friend Jimmy Brogan. You know Jimmy Brogan, yeah, Tonight Show writer. He he got uh, yes, he got a show where he was an angel. What was the name of that show? I forget, but I remember seeing it. His it, it was in TV Guide, and I got TV Guide when TV Guide was like that big. And know. it was huge. If you were in T, if you were on the cover oh of TV God. Guide, you were the like most famous person in the world. Full, he wasn't on the cover, but it was like fall season, new shows, right. and like wow, I know this guy, and yeah. he's in TV Guide. He's got yeah. a show. Um, didn't last. So that's what we all wanted to do. Was here was the thing. You were you were working the clubs, mm-hmm. and you would you would get um, enough shots, Tonight Show shots, which were six-minute shots of clean material, because this was the clean era, and then when you had like five or six of them, then you would do the Tonight Show, because you didn't want to do one and then have not have material to do like the next two or three or four. So that's what I did. Uh, and so what would you do? You'd bank a, f- a five-minute thing like I'm not doing it on yeah. TV, I got that down, now I'm doing these? You just built well, it? Well, you or? just tried to have... Before you look, before you t- got in front of them, you made sure you had like thirty minutes of clean stuff. That was what you were supposed to do, right? You know, did we did it work out that way? Not always. Uh, it kind of worked out that way for me. I did my first Tonight Show in '82, and I did for the next like ten years with Johnny while he was still there. I did like thirty-one shots. That scene, out of every story I've heard, doing the Tonight Show the first time as a comedian seems like the most terrifying experience. Oh, yeah. It is. I mean, it was literally like you're either going to make it or you're not. It's absolutely true. Because if you didn't, and I, there was a couple of comics who did not do well, who kind of like spit the bit. And they never worked again. Because if you did bad on, like, Merv or something, well, okay, that wasn't... The <laughs> you could shake off a Merv. Yeah, right, yeah, you could shake... Right. You were, you that were, came on at four in the afternoon. Right. You, you, you know, it taped at four in the afternoon. It came on at night. But, oh, it did. But you, were, but you were, like, building up to The Tonight Show. All right. But, if you, but if, you, if you blew it on The Tonight Show, it was not good. But, of course, it was cake because Johnny would set you up. The crowd was cake. Dude, if it was cake, there wouldn't be people fucking it up so well, what mindset you can fuck anything up because you're so nervous but it, it was really yours to fuck up because the crowd was easy and Johnny would do his like mm, com- uh, co- comedy is the hardest commodity to find and of course at that point it wasn't the hardest commodity right. to find. you couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting a fucking comic <laughs> in 1982 but he would still say that thing and, and we've got a, a young guy he's got great observational stuff he's gonna do and uh, Jeff Steinfeld I remember he Brought out Jerry with that. <laughs> he got, that's how he pronounced his name. Jeff Steinfeld. So, okay, Jeff so Steinfeld. You went so, out. And, and, you, I, and you go out and you do your little, you know. The first one Dog lands. and pony show. And, you know, you've been practicing this six minutes for like three years. If you I can't know, fuck, it was like your Still. mantra. So, Did they give you bullet points? or you? No. Just, oh, no. Yeah, no. Of course not. I used to write it on my hand in red ink. Because so, red, like, you know, we couldn't see it as much. But just in case, uh. I went up. I could, I could, I'd. I did that for every shot I had. It was always written in red on my hand. Um, you know, just one time I had a nightmare right before I was doing one of my Letterman's, and uh, I was—I don't know what the fuck it was. I was, I was just so nervous, and I went at that I couldn't remember my act. And I turned around, and my dad was sitting behind his desk. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> wow. It's like Psych 101. This is the father figure of well, comedy. I want his approval. And I actually woke up in the middle of the night, whatever hotel they had, and I just started laughing, going like, Jesus Christ, dude, just do your shit. And It's uh, funny because like the, 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 the nightmare that so many people have that I've had is that you're about to take a test and you haven't studied. You ever had yeah. that? No, I, I had... Well, that, that was actually... <laughs> That was my actual <laughs> Life. academic career. But I, I definitely had those uh, those thoughts of like, you know, what if I forget my... But you just don't... But that's it. I'm saying what, I used don't. to have that nightmare that I was about to take a test and I completely forgot about it. And now I didn't know anything that was going to be on the test. And then when I became a comedian, that nightmare became I was about to go on The Tonight yeah. Show and I hadn't prepared anything. And so he was about to introduce me, and he was a funny, funny young guy. He's been with us before. Here he is, Bill. And there I'm. Oh my God! And I walk out. Just and seeing I, the, those curtains, like oh my God. Yes, and the band. Nice. You know that. Nah, 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 you know, yeah. it's like that yeah. jazz, that trumpet sound, and yeah. So you finish your set. He gives you one of these. Probably, I don't remember. I wasn't like how fucking high were you afterwards it was over you delivered everybody slapped yeah. you back you know it isn't bullshit i mean what yeah. a relief yeah it is a relief that's more than anything it's a relief i didn't blow it i'm officially in show business i'm at the very bottom but at least right. i'm in show business you know i've been flailing around in the water and now somebody pulled me on the raft and, and I, how many of those did you have to do before you started selling tickets all no i i, I never you don't sell tickets uh, from doing 30 Tonight shows, not I, in the 80s, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, I was working as a comic, but I still was working as, well, first of all, I got a, I, again, I was trying to get on a sitcom, and I did. I got on a sitcom in 19... Which one? It's called Sarah, with Gina Davis in the title role. Mm -hmm. It was an amazing cast, Gina Davis, Alfre Woodard, right from her Academy Award nomination, still doing great, still love Alfre. Bronson Pinchot, who went on to be bulky in that sitcom i watched a lot of sports i, I missed a lot of that era. yeah he I was, did see thelma and louise though okay thelma and louise yeah and i'm just doing that to, oh, okay. i'm just doing that to fuck with you but uh but uh so i got on this i feel like math class I'm, like, I'm not gonna pass this class that's what you said when you were on my show you said did i yeah it's, it's in our highlight reel you, you were like, you said like, I feel like I've I... I've never felt like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like when I did your show. There were, you but had, but you, it was so... You had that guy it, ran for... Yeah, that guy fucking ran but, for... But president. it was so silly. I mean, you... Sitting across I, 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 I feel like I want to be your shrink because I think you're... you're With under, all your you're, file cabinets? You're, you're, I don't think you're, you're qualified. You're underestimating your intelligence. First of all, you were the mid-show guest when we used to have that. So you weren't even being asked to do anything political or engage with the panel on a... I yeah, can see... I could that. see why that. Yes, they did. No, of they course didn't. we did. Of course we did. You you blocked it out. You we think oh, we were Jesus trying to fool Christ. you. Oh, no, that never happened. It, it did. Uh, but you anyway, sound, the point like is, you old school parrot. Point is, you, oh, I never did that. The point is, you could engage on any intellectual level you want. You just like to cultivate this image as you're the regular blue collar guy who doesn't know that much, and I know you know a lot. What you know? What I know people. You know other things besides people. You're yeah, 54. No, nothing, I know you hate but, to hear but that. Nothing. Yeah, don't project your age bullshit on me. <laughs> it, nothing in your world, though. 
Like, I honestly, I think anybody who watches Fox and CNN is a fucking moron. I heard you say that the other yeah, day. fucking morons. I, I can't watch cable news much either. I, yeah. I don't understand. I liked it better when they brought the newspaper. I liked those lies better. And you just went in by yourself and you just sort of opened it up. And you, hey, Marge, did you hear they're going to knock down the fucking store? Whatever the hell they used to do. <laughs> you didn't get to interact with other fucking morons. Well, the, and well, it becomes like this atom bomb well, that's, of stupidity. I'm trying. My show uh, on uh, HBO is, uh, has always and been. And HBO 2 and HBO Max, it records Friday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Pacific, and it is additional replay, replays throughout the week on HBO, HBO2, yes, HBO Max. Yes, it, it records then, Grandpa. Okay, it records. Uh, anyway, yes, it records. Uh, on YouTube and Twitter. And, and people actually now can watch it at any time they want because that's where the technology right. has moved. Can you believe that? Anyway, uh, it's one of the last shows, maybe the only one, that is a legitimate debate show that presents both sides. It's definitely not in the silos that, that what you're objecting to, I think, and right. what I hate also, is that if you watch Fox News or MSNBC, you only hear what these people already believe, and you're never going to hear any other opposition point of view, and it's a terrible way to run the country for people to get- Terrible way to live. To, yes, to get their news this to way. To not be challenged. And exactly. Say, it's never our fault. It's always right. because of what, yeah. what they do. And, uh, no. I, I don't know. I, no, I, I agree. No, trust me. Yeah, and then I, I feel I, like that's why they go after <clears throat> soft targets, you know, like and it's been, anything's a soft target to them is the, what doesn't put money in their pocket, which is why people can do horrific fucking things at a corporate level and they don't expose it at all. But What do you uh, mean soft targets? Like comedians. Oh, I to see. To go after a comedian has got to be like the easiest thing to be outraged about because it's going to cost you nothing. And you're going to get a big controversy going and stuff like that to go after a podcaster or an influencer or somebody who acts on a fucking TV show. Like none of those things. You mean going after them to cancel them because they said something Acting that like was... what they're doing is what's wrong with the country rather right. than we can't drink our own water now because corporations have poisoned or you came up with synthetic heroin and killed a couple hundred thousand Americans. Oh, that all just fucking goes away. Who, and, who came up with synthetic heroin? pharmaceutical companies where can i get it huh oh you're talking about hey, opioids Oxy, yeah Oxy, oh, all of that oh shit. right yeah. yes absolutely that is it's like the heroin. houston astros right thing where they cheated at such a fucking level that they don't even talk about it right they fixed the world series <clears throat> but if you have like a football that's allegedly a cunt hair lighter they'll talk about that <laughs> for fucking eight years because it doesn't affect anybody's money it's silly it gets fans yelling and that type of stuff i've watched I watched the whole Astros Yankees series, and I've watched this whole. I missed a little bit of game two, the Philly series, and they haven't brought it up once. They fixed the World Series. They haven't brought it up fucking once. Well, it was litigated. I mean, the Astros certainly were booed unmercifully for a whole year after, I think it was 2017. Oh, that, poor babies. One no, year. No, no, no. Okay. It. It I'm not still be going. I can give a fuck about the Astros. I'm not defending the Astros. I'm just saying I it shouldn't live on forever. And they didn't fix the World Series. They were sign stealing. Okay. Yes, it's everybody in sports, by the way, cheats as much as they can get away with. You think to they're a certain the, point. You think they're the first ones to cheat? No, but there's a no, no, no. My my problem, my problem is not that they cheated. My problem is they don't get shit for it. That everybody's just they shut the fuck up. They did get shit for it. They and get, then it and then it just stopped though. Well, should it go yeah, on you, forever? You know, you know what it's should like? Should it go on forever? It's like, should fucking ticky tack horseshit go on forever? Because that does. Is what is my okay, point. Okay, but is. the Astros are a very good team, and. 
they're down winning two games to one, by the way. Yeah, so they're not good. Huh? They're in the World Series, and they they might win the World Series. I think they're good, and they're good without. Uh, they're proving that they're good even without the cheating. Now, should they have cheated? No, of course they shouldn't. And by the way, they weren't the only ones who were doing that. Let me ask you a question: The Patriots didn't prove that they were good. I do share opinion about how they made a big thing about Deflate Gate when it was nothing. Absolutely, I share that opinion. They got left out of court. The judge was actually mad for them wasting okay. their time. But you realize that sports in general does not matter. It's not important, and it's a giant waste of time. I watch exactly. it also. That's why I okay. watch it. It's not oh. why I originally watched it, but now I watch it. That's what? I, I tried to watch the news. Right. I tried to be the guy that knew stuff, and it, it, it just <laughs> fucking... didn't work. Well, because there's no <laughs> solutions. It's well, just they just present one horrible thing after another. That's not true either. And then you that's, just watch people there, go after the tail, there are, never the head. That's ridiculous. There are many, many people in this world who are better off because boring people locked in rooms, eating cold pizza at two in the morning with stale coffee, worked on pro- drivers. Excuse me, worked on problems, so that lives could be made better, and they were. That was one of the most vaguest, longest sentences I've ever heard in my life. Well, if you wouldn't interrupt me so much, I could finish. What are you talking about? I I listened to the whole sentence. uh, The whole sentence. That's right. Everything is done in one sentence. (laughs) Okay. Just uh, let me put some uh, specifics there. Okay. Uh, There's guys in uh, rooms uh, with cold pizza working long and hard. Exactly. Okay. Uh, For example, uh, senior poverty used to be 27%, and then people worked very hard to pass Social Security, and now it's under 10%. Um, child poverty, we just saw an incredible drop in that. How do That's you know it's be- under 10%? Because they have government agencies who work on that. Are you suspicious that those stats aren't right? Well, I do remember that once you were unemployed, after a certain amount of time, they just considered you not looking for a job, and they took you off of it. Okay, but this is we're talking about senior citizens. We're talking I about senior citizens. What the bankers did in 2008 ended up with me in 2000-whatever, 12, when my roof collapsed from water. I, had okay. water I, I can't have a serious political discussion with the guy at the end of the bar who just anecdotally throws something like that out that has nothing now to do with not the reality. Finish. What? Now who's not letting somebody finish? Okay, finish. All right, so I have insurance. It's my insurance. I pay for it. All right? So when the check comes out for my water damage on my roof, it's made out to me and my, my mortgage company, and I have to sign it over to them because of what they did in 2008. Because they fucked people so bad in houses, yes. and so many people were so upside down in houses that they were like, what's the point of fixing the roof? I, and then they would keep it, and then they would default on the loan, and then they get the houses back. So they did what they did, and then they made me pay for it. And, they, and I had to do it okay. really slowly, I, and they came over like I was a child, checking out, you know, did you do the work, and blah, blah, now, you, now we'll release some more money. And I could have paid for the whole fucking thing and just been done with it. And I had to sit there and be treated by a child by a bunch of fucking crooks. Okay, I, I'm not. I, <laughs> I, I, I can't even really engage. First of all, I don't contest any of that. Uh, the 2008 and, the, and the, uh, the meltdown was just horrendous on so many levels. And I'm, sh- I'm very sorry about your roof. But I just can't engage on this level of we're talking about your roof. They're that's not sorry that's, about that's, my roof. So, it's, it's so anecdotal. But it's anecdotal. Because that's well, anecdotal. It's, it's my because you're trying. Trying to extrapolate from your roof to making a statement about America in general and how we solve problems, and of course, your roof is your roof, and that, so that's and that silly matters. To do that. It is silly. Well, it a few minutes silly. ago, you said I was a lot smarter than I let on, and now you're talking <laughs> down to me, saying, "Oh, your fucking roof," and, and I'm but some it, guy at the end of the true. bar. Who am I, Bill? You're. <laughs> 
<laughs> I am who I, you need me to yeah, be, depending yeah, on what your yeah. fucking argument I, is. I would say you have potential to be. I would still go see Bill Maher at the Hulu Theater. <laughs> <laughs> Are you throwing me out? Because, I'm not throwing you oh, out. I thought I thought you were wrapping to, it up. I was because, trying to break the tension. Okay, I thought I thought you were like going. I've had enough of this guy. Dude, no, you know, this I think you, I what I'm saying is, all I do is you, you have the potential. The potential. Oh, gee, thanks, Coach. But, I'll try a little but, harder. What, what book but, should I read? I'll become your little I, I, fucking protege. Uh, start with one, and then see if you like it. But he doesn't think I read. I do think you read. What do you think I read? Uh, I think you read uh, <laughs> Ted Williams' biography. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> Guilty. But I occasionally, I do read other shit. Do they have his head somewhere? It's right? upside was... down. The nose is missing. And is, it's, is it's that a sitting real? sitting on a can of tuna. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, there's these flimflam guys that came up with this idea that after you die, they could make you undead if they just froze you. Right, and then right. some people. But they really did but it. Some with people him? couldn't afford to have the whole body frozen. I see. So then they would just well, we can just do the head, and then we'll, oh my we'll, we'll God. grow a body. Like, but why him? Because talent skips a generation, and his his son couldn't hit a ball, I and see. he needed to make money. I don't know why it happened. It's, so he's evidently upside down. Well, and his head tipped over. <laughs> So he kind of is a splendid splinter now. He is. It's, he's it's, a fucking mess. It's, 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 but he's not there anymore. That's right. just his can you vessel. Imagine what That's his, just, you believe in the afterlife. Can, can you imagine, That's just his vessel. <laughs> I do not. But can you imagine what his stats would be if he hadn't had those two stints in the armed services? I yeah. Mean, he I mean, went both in World War II and then again in Korea. If he had played those years, what? No, I'm just like the guy that goes back to another war. I mean, I can't <laughs> like well, if that means you're like the biggest hero ever or you're just a fucking psycho. Like you just can't get enough of it. No, you know? I think I we, think I, once I did a war I'd be like, "All right, I'm good." Well, of course that's like what you pilot season No one nervous. wants to go back to a war, but people had a sense of responsibility. I know, I know they did. They okay. were the greatest generation. Then they created you people. The boomers. Oh, Jesus oh right. Christ. We're so different from you with our decade difference. You are. You're still defending the Beatles. Defending the Beatles? Like the Beatles need defense? <laughs> That's defend? the name of this podcast. Bill Maher defends the Beatles. <laughs> Why do the Beatles need defending? They don't. Okay. They actually, you, can you I tell like you something? The they do. They okay. do because the generation behind me, uh, there's a number of guys, like when I was in my 40s, if, if they were like in their 30s, they would say the Beatles are overrated. And my head almost exploded. I was like, you could not find any musician of any merit anywhere in the world to back that fucking statement. And then they would be like, you know, Yellow Submarine, oh, yeah, they, Maxwell Silverhammer. They, you know, they, they, hit, they, they right. go for soft oh, yeah. targets. And also, I, I've said this many times, the Beatles could put out an album called The Worst of the Beatles, mm -hmm. and it would still go to number one. But How about you, the fact they were but a you could band? Put, but they're... They, and I'm they became, and they started their own label. Dude, they should have been over in two summers. Well, and they, they figured out a way around it. Well, because they're, <laughs> because they kept putting out better and better amazing music. I know. But mixed in with that is some shit. And by the way, their lyrics, they definitely could write some good lyrics. They also wrote a lot of gobbledygook, and they wrote a lot of stuff that's just embarrassing doggerel, like. The sun is up, the sky is blue, it's beautiful, and so is you. That's not a great lyric. It's just not. Well, if you're commercial fishing for a dollar, that's fucking right on the money. <laughs> <laughs> I well, like that. That makes yeah, me feel good. Commercial fishing. That's good. See? Look at you. 
Yeah. So smart. I watch Deadliest Catch. Is, what's that? It's a crab show. A you crab know, show? There's these people a that crab. sit in rooms alone on boats all by themselves, and they risk wow. their lives to go get a king crab for you. How old are your kids? Uh, five and two. This five and two? Yeah. Oh, you got young kids. Yeah, I'm an old dad. I had a lot of shit to work up, Bill. <laughs> I had a lot of books to not and read before my kids got here. Do you like them? I love them. Oh, good. Yeah. No, I love my kids. <laughs> of course. Yeah. It's a silly, I, well, no, but there's, it's a silly question. That's, that's a no. No. That is actually a very fair question. Oh, good. It is. No, really. I'm glad. I did it something is. good. No, no, I wasn't. Tr- are no, you, you I know. Are like sensitive after this? I'm not sensitive. We're not going to hug I, in the parking se- lot? We're going to blow each other in the parking <laughs> lot. Are you kidding? <laughs> we're, we're, we're so past hugging. Um, um, no, there's uh, there's people that just have kids because they think that, th- that that's what you're supposed to do. And I have to tell you something. When you I go mean, down to the playground yeah. and you see those kids and they need that love and they're not getting it, it's the, one of the most heartbreaking things ever. And then you start seeing their kids behaving in a bad way towards your kids, and you just you're seeing the beginnings of an asshole adult, and right. this, and you just you want to intervene. I feel but like you can't. What what I see from the outside, and again, this is just from the outside, because I hate kids. But um, I love the, that you say kid, that. Kids either get way too much love; they're too overprotected by helicopter parents and bulldozer parents and parents who are way too in their lives, or what you're talking about here. They don't get enough. There's no. no happy medium. And I would say that maybe you're doing what I did with my roof when it comes to kids. Well, again, I preface that by saying I'm saying this from the outside. I don't have kids, but I'm good. I love that you say you hate kids, though. I do. There's a lot of people Never liked kids. Even when I was a kid, I didn't like kids. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and it ha- it's the one thing in I my life has not changed at all in my life. I think parents... <clears throat> Make people without kids hate kids because they won't quit gassing their kids up to you. You know, no. look at that. He just went over there. Right. And he just picked up his dirty shirt and put it in a hip. Exactly. He is so smart. It's just like. But they're so overprotected. I mean, I was. You want to be like both of you are morons. Like Halloween. Two negatives doesn't make a positive. You, like two dummies can't make an We Albert just Einstein. had Halloween, right? And I was just thinking parents would never let the kids go out alone. And when I was a kid, Halloween, of course, you at my parents come out ho- trick-or-treating with me? What? Get the fuck out of here. My, I mean, that was my whole life. I used to come home <laughs> from school. At, at I would fly up to my room after school, get right. into my play clothes, fly out the door. My mother never once said to me, where are you going? Where mm-hmm. am I going? Kid stuff. What the fuck is it yeah. to you? What do you do between three and six, nosy bitch? I'm doing what I'm going to do. Did no, you already I, have didn't, the I didn't say that to my mother. <laughs> but uh, but that's You want one of the best Halloween costumes I ever oh, saw. You're talking about the... Crocodile Hunter? Yes. When the Crocodile Hunter... You remember hunt- that. Oh, my God. I was... Ro- I was... I love the Crocodile Hunter, but that fucking outfit was hilarious. Right. He, he, he right. went out as the Crocodile Hunter. Well, right that after he was killed right by... Right after he was killed, killed by, by the Stingray. Yeah. I had the CBS... Um, Prop department make that. They it was got really in Australia. Oh, about that. they told me I could not go to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> they said, "Do not." I was I. I'm not planning on going, but uh, thank you for the note. I will not uh, be going to Australia. Just yes. that was like such a stand-up comedian yeah. moment where it's like, "What do you love?" Right. I'm going to attack. It. I wore it to the Playboy Mansion. I remember for their Halloween party. That's it was amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Isn't it sad that place is gone? Yes. At well, least for guys, it's uh, it's 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 gone with the it's a real gone with the wind, you know, <laughs> a civilization gone with the wind. I went there. I went to one one party there. Really? Yeah, I did the uh, 
the guy's choice award the on, guy's yep, choice yep on uh, it was total meathead night i remember that the, the oh. award had was like antlers from like a deer oh it was on it was on one of those oh. meat, one of those meathead channels began with yes s Spike TV. Spike TV. Uh, I remember. like to watch fucking chicks, you know, <laughs> bending over a roast beef sandwich. It was like literally that level of shit. Right. So we were doing. I was. I, had, I was a presenter, Bill. Oh, I had moved up in the world. I was a presenter uh, on on the guys. Choice Awards on Spike TV, and then the after party was the you know the Playboy Mansion because guys like titties, right? So we go back there, and I thought we were gonna go in the house. We were just standing in his fucking backyard. Looking at the pool, like, gee, yeah, I guess that's where Burt Reynolds used to bang twelve chicks. And <laughs> just standing there, and then there was no playmates. It was all like Hooters level chicks just walking around. It was just like, oh, and he, he yeah. was roped off. You it, couldn't talk to him. It got sad. And, yeah, and he had his uh, he had his captain's, captain's hat. hat yeah, that was. If you were born in the twenties, at some point you wore a captain's hat. Whether you even had a license to drive a boat, you just started walking around oh, with a captain's hat. That's funny. Yeah, so that was my, and I actually, I stayed there for about 40 minutes. Right. I don't even remember who I was with. I was like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah. I'm standing in somebody's yard. Right. And he won't let me in the house. I'm obviously not wanted here. Right. <laughs> he clearly looks like he wants to go to bed. And right. I just, I just <laughs> got my car. I did try to walk down the driveway to see the zoo. Uh, he had a zoo. zoo. Yeah, he had it's a not, zoo. It wasn't near the driveway. It was back in the yard. Yeah, he had a zoo. It was back in the yard? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, right. you know. Well, that explains why it, I didn't see it. it was, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't miss a lot. There's some monkeys that should not have been in cages. Lots of things that should not have been in cages. I don't know how this didn't become a show. In the last, like, years of his life, he was attempting to sell the house but the rule was you yes. had to buy the house, but he he got to keep living there. Until he... And I'm like, yes. that is the, the Bosom Buddies reboot right That's, there. <laughs> like some young like, right. influencer buys the house. Well, they did. In. I mean, he did live there until he died, but the, he did not own the house in the last years. That's absolutely true. That's how it went down. He and he didn't in, own the magazine. Because he was in the magazine business? or Well, because, I mean, they had, you know, the Playboy had fallen on hard times. They were Look, Playboy was kind of a victim of its own success because the sexual revolution, that which they sort of helped along, mm -hmm. um, overtook them. I mean, when the Playboy clubs first opened and the girls were in the bunny costumes, that was about the most risque thing you could see a woman wearing in public. Right. And at a certain point, women were wearing less on the street. So the Playboy Club became very passe, and that's why they closed. And they closed that. And he was really yeah. like at the forefront of booking like guys like Dick Gregory and all Absolutely. that. Absolutely. He, he, was, he like... was, I mean, look, things have come out recently that have not shed uh, very flattering light on what went on in the Playboy Mansion. I I mean, I was there for parties. I never saw anything, but I was never privy to the, the inner sanctums of anything. But, you know, I'm sure some shit went down that shouldn't have gone down. But he- I picturing you doing blow with like Don DeLuise I never did blow with Don <laughs> DeLuise. I did mean, this collage of people that Dom I saw. Don DeLuise. On, on 70s. Everybody's but, in like a robe with but chest But th there was a lot of 70s detectives there. One thing, I'll, I'll say one thing about Hugh Hefner. He was very loyal. Like once you got on that list, you could not get off it. Robert Robert Blake was still walking around there, uh, and and Hunter oh and uh, Longstreet and any every seventies detective was still roaming around there. Uh, Fred Dreyer. Fred Dreyer, absolutely. Oh my! All God. of them were there. 
But in the 50s and 60s, Hefner was on the forefront of a lot of uh, civil rights issues that were that yeah. became, uh, I mean, gay rights and and uh, African American rights. He did. He was. He was really uh, quite a revolutionary at that time. No, he just stayed too long at the fair. And That's what happens. I don't understand why in his older years, like when he had that harem, it's like, we get it. You got a lot of pussy. You know what I mean? You're Hugh Hefner. You don't have to gild the lily. And also, he used to go out. The coolest thing about him and the Playboy Mansion was that he never left the house when it was Chicago. He, that, the party came to him. And then I used to see him at the fucking Garden of Eden nightclub with his rope off area and seven chicks. I'm like, why are you going out oh, to this shitty hat. fucking disco when you have the Playboy Mansion? That was so cool about you. What are you doing out? Does that scare you as like a performer? Because whenever I see that, I'm like, oh my God, is that going to be me? I mean, obviously I'm not going to have a harem of chicks, but it's whatever that version of me is where I'm sitting there. No, know, it doesn't scare me at all. Comedy because... Central t-shirt in my 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I did things. <laughs> No, because you're you're uh, uh, continually on the ascent. By the way, you're a very good actor. You were really great in oh, oh I don't know what the name of it was, but you were fucking somebody's mom, and you were oh that was uh, King of <laughs> <laughs> that was the working title of that movie. Uh, well, uh, oh yeah, yeah, King of Staten Island. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. That was fun. You you can pull that, that off. I, I so you can have them again, but. I mean, you're going to have more of a career as an actor. I mean, you know, you're hopefully never going to give up stand-up because you're very great at that. I appreciate that. But it's true. But, um, I mean, why would you think that you are going to devolve into some caricature of yourself? Because, I mean, you see a guy that was like, that guy was like bigger than life. Right. Dude, Elvis, Elvis died that, alone on a toilet. But I mean, that's I couldn't the, get any but bigger that's than him. What, that's our advantage is that we as comics never get to that level. You never get to that level. No, seriously, we don't. No, it's, it's, We're not it's musicians. That gets to a, people on a certain level, and when it does, it fucks up the person at the eye of the storm because they just go nuts. And not to make everything about the Beatles again, but one great thing that I admire about the Beatles is that they were bigger than anybody ever, and they still came out pretty sane and normal and nice. Did you ever and see they, them live? Of course not. I was a... Yes, because like once again, I'm 100 years old, Bill. I mean, they came, I was eight when they arrived in America. I was not ready to go to a concert. Yeah, but they, they played to like 70, so by then you were like like. 26? They did not. They quit in 66, as everyone knows. Oh, touring. Yes. Oh, okay. So I was 10. I wasn't going to go to a concert. In, as everyone knows. As everyone does they know. They don't know that. They, they broke up in 70, they, but they stopped touring in 66. But the one thing I do admire about them is that with all that fame, they never did anything that made the fan go, ugh. I know. What a dick. You know, I mean, John went a little kooky, but it wasn't like in a way that made you hate him as a person. He just, he did heroin for a while and he got, went a little loony with, you know, a put Showed out a junk on put out album. A, Right, stuff like that. But it wasn't malicious and it wasn't about his ego. <laughs> it wasn't erect. He's plastic. <laughs> right. It should have been because it looked bad. Like, I mean, <laughs> if you're going to show your junk. You got to have a shower, man. You I know? mean, Jesus you gotta, you gotta Christ. You got to a little bit. All right, go ahead. Think you know, it. I always think of that, that memory. You know, the famous David, the statue David, that the guy, you know. The, the, no the, arms? The David. No, no, that's Venus de Milo. All right, one of those. All right, I'm going to tell you, I got I to go to my feet. Uh, that time I was in Italy, right? 
me and my wife went to the uh, the Sistine Chapel. Okay. So we're in that thing, you know, it's boring as shit, right? There's, there's a quick one. There's the quick one where you <laughs> the get- The Sistine Chapel is boring? Oh my God. If you take the long route where there's all the broken plates, I, I every did... fucking spoon, every Pope fucking, you know, had his cereal with. I mean, it's just, a, I, I don't give a fuck about old dishes. I, I don't remember that part of it. Oh my God. Well, if you, if you bang a right or a left, you can avoid it. And we fucked up and we went the long fucking, everybody's fucking James Brown robe that did mass or whatever. We get all the way out there. We get all the way out there and we're standing there and it's ridiculously small fucking room and it's all shh, 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 like shut the fuck up. So I'm standing there, I'm looking at it and it, you know, it was nice. Right? So I say uh -huh. to my wife, because it was so fucking long, I said to her, I go, you know, if I lived here, I would open a bar across the street called the 17 Chapel. Oh. She was like, what? I go, you know, the 17. I go, I go, the 16 Chapel, oh, 17. God. That's when she looked at me. You she were... goes, it's the Sistine. Oh, Lord, I can't. I, I can't and I can't even. <laughs> it's both on that Listen, one. I, no. Uh-oh. Oh, I just knocked over my water bottle. No, but like... It, what is that like a manly thing to know like you got to know what it's the not Sistine. a manly thing to know it's just a thing to know the Sistine Chapel is fairly famous all yes right, let's end on this I, can you give me see, and all, I, all my all my meat I've, I've loved every second of this by the way I have too okay all right I'll and will you do, when you do Club Random my podcast absolutely and by the way mine I am so high I don't know if you smoke pot, but I smoke it a lot, okay. and that's the whole point of Club Random. It's Beatles not, albums, it's man. not political. <laughs> it's you don't have to know anything. There's, we actually you got still to break up your weed on a fucking on the white album. The yes, album. exactly. <laughs> I do. That's exactly how I smoke weed. Um, uh, Far out. I'll but, do it. But I really, I mean, I I've had so much fun with this podcast because Wait, I, I, there, it's a place where I, I specifically started it. For people like you, who like were not comfortable on real time, but who I wanted to know, and oh. who are very smart people, they just are not. Uh, most people's antenna is not tuned toward like the political. I mean, one reason why you sell so many more tickets than I could on the road is because I'm yeah. sort of tagged as a political comedian, which is really only partly true. Anyone could come to my show. November 12th at the Hulu Theater in yeah. New York in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> nice! Love the promo. <laughs> and uh, enjoy it, even if you're not political, even if you know as little as Bill Burr. Wait, I didn't say that right. No, no, but that, it, but that it's is, really true. Fair. But you have the reputation of being more of an everyman. I mean, I would love to be able to not have to do your podcast. Wait, that came out wrong too. <laughs> what I'm saying is, <laughs> oh, is that why you're here? Um, we need to get to the no, no, and Edgar no. Guys. I no, I'm here for that I, reason. I, but I also I, really did want to get to know you better. I right. really am an admirer. You are a great stand-up comedian. And, you truly and, are. You deserve a, all the success and, you have and, and right back at you and uh and i also want you to do club random i want you to sit i, I will because you would you'll find it it's very different than any other podcast okay well here's the thing <laughs> really you, you said that's something you should know with the sistine chapel <laughs> all right so for you know there's a lot of like guys like me who, who uh, and women who watch you know this podcast to listen to it right so just so we don't do something like that do you, do you have, like, just off the top of your head, what are the five things you feel the average person should know? They're at a, cough, they're at a cocktail party if they still have those, and you don't say something done like the 16 Chapel. Oh, I, that That's not important. What's important for people oh, okay. to know are things like um, the system of government we have is based on checks and balances. That's important because we're about to lose 
really the most fundamental part of being an American. Uh, there's an election. I don't want to get on my high horse about this stuff. It's not really what this is about. But there is an election in a couple of days. And we are going to elect about 300 people into Congress who don't believe in democracy, who don't believe that the person who gets the most votes wins. They don't care about that. Now, how do and you think we ended up there? Oh, we don't have time to go through is all that. that. The there, are, there are a whole. <laughs> I am a big uh, proponent of that idea. I that think we're one, all the smartphone made us so stupid. Yeah, so stupid. Guilty. Uh, Guilty but also, but it's yeah. also the schools. We, you can't expect people to miss democracy if they were never taught what it was supposed to be in the first place. If you say to somebody, you know, we're losing our sense of checks and balances, their answer is, "What's that?" Right. And if you don't know what it is or why it's important, then they're not going to miss it when it goes away. They're just going to say, is the mask singer still on? Because that's what I care about. Well, and I'll also the, the, the price the, of Pop-Tarts is through the roof. So I'm going to vote, you know, Republican. Right. So, OK, do that. But I'm telling you, things are going to change fundamentally in this country uh, after this election. And because uh, oh, you think those guys are going to win. Is it, well, they're they definitely going to win. Are they're, they on both sides? No, 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 no. <laughs> Seriously, no, no. Oh, there, are you one of those? Because I, I don't subscribe to that. That there's only bad guys on one side. I don't either, and I say yeah. it all the time. Okay. I mean, I'm on Fox News all the time because I will I, look. I, I will take on. Is that bulk, like going to like the ground round of news places? No, it's just that, like just that, that I am very much a critique, a critic of uh, what goes on on the fringe of the left. I mean, woke culture has. Just that's one reason why the Republicans are going to do so well in this election, because the left has gone super crazy with lots of shit that the average American just never voted for, doesn't recognize in this country, doesn't want and pay attention to and doesn't. Yeah. So but there is only one side. That's pretty true. That does not believe in the idea that the guy who gets the most votes wins. I mean, Hillary Clinton thought for sure she had it in the bag in 2016. But before the sun came up, she fucking got in her black suit with her purple lapels and came down and conceded the election to Donald Trump. He still hasn't conceded the last election. And when it comes time for this next election, it doesn't matter whether he wins or loses. He's going to show up on Inauguration Day. And this time he's got those 300 people behind him who are going to back his bullshit. And that's when the rubber's going to hit the road. Oh, you're saying so even if, if you feel like even if he doesn't, he's going to have the people to say that he did. Correct. That's what he didn't have last time. That's fascinating. He, he tr it is, politics is fascinating. You should watch my show. No. <laughs> you, no, I just think it's amazing that... You don't have to do that, it. You just watch he, it. He went to that thing, that dinner or whatever, and they stuck him right in the fucking middle so they could humiliate him. Obama and all those guys Well, he deserved... On, he they don't, they don't, yeah, I'm not saying that, but... The fact that that guy then came back and took that dude's job was like, that was like wrestling. Yes. Watching no. that, like when you think no. Hulk's not it, going, like it, last time his hand was down, it stops. And it was, he starts doing this shit. Like that it was, was, it was a gangster move. It was. It was. But, I mean, he had spent years saying Obama was not an American, saying Obama was a fake and that he was from Kenya. I mean, it was horrible and racist what he did. And uh, so Obama just, had every right to make fun of him, I which know, was I know, fairly I'm gentle. I'm not, I mean, it was funny. I mean, it was it was great. I, think I find the whole thing, uh, you have to laugh at it because you don't. It's, so, it's, it's depressing. It's depressing to watch people on both sides absolutely lose their minds 
and not be rational. Like, like we went out to fucking Halloween last night, right? Or what is it, two nights ago? Yeah. Last night? Two nights yeah. ago. Yeah, two nights ago. And we're going down the street, and everybody's got their scary shit or whatever. And somebody had a politically themed <laughs> fucking <laughs> Halloween thing. And I was just sitting there thinking, like, how much it changed where it's just like, first of all, who the fuck is going to look at that and be like, you know, I was going to vote for this guy, but now that I saw that jack-o'-lantern, you know? Actually, wait a minute. I made a Federal Reserve one way back in yeah, the day. Scariest, scariest thing I could think of was the Federal Reserve. That's, wow. <laughs> look at that. You know about the Federal Reserve. Well, that was my joke about Trump. It's not that he had the insurrection. He sent him to the wrong fucking building. <laughs> That's what it was. They hey, should have gone after those. See? Look at that. I know a little bit. Hey. And the guy with the new shows backs me up. Didn't on the Astros, but he does in the Federal Reserve. The legendary Bill Maher, who's been fucking toeing the line <clears throat> and saying what the fuck he feels to the point of losing a TV show, which nobody did. Nobody did back then. Is going to be at the uh, the oh. Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden. Thank you. Uh, November twelfth, Saturday, November twelfth. Part of the New York Comedy Festival. Correct. Bing, bang, boom. Just Great like to that. See you. Bill Maher, everybody. Thank, Thank you, you for watching. Dude, that was fun. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs>
uh, is there any way I can retroactively pay for this this beautiful service? It was tremendous. It's one of the best weddings I've been to. So I want to thank those two people who got married for having such a wonderful, beautiful, yet quick service. That's what you want, by the way, when you get married. All you people out there fucking torturing everyone with your long-ass ceremonies, you know? Like you're the king and queen of uh, one of those stupid countries with the pasty people over there in Europe. Who else has a king and queen left over in Europe? Is it like England? They're like the Wrigley Field of governments over there, right? They got these fucking jerk-offs who just won't stop fucking each other because they got the same kind of bloodline. So then all of them sort of, in a roundabout way, look like the English version of Eli and Peyton Manning, you know? That's the deal, dude. Like, when when you fuck, okay, or at least when you go to procreate, you got to get outside your circle, okay? You got to run a post pattern. Get off your block, you know what I mean? You can't start banging the girl next door. She's right there. She smelled your toast and all the shit you were eating. I'm telling you, you're going to get like a fucking, I don't know, you're going to get one of those weird kids uh, who never wants to leave the town, right? All he dreams about is driving a fucking truck to plow the snow, you know? It was a big thing when I was in Massachusetts, you know, getting a fucking state job. All those guys, you know, it's fucked up and angry and on edge and as racist as Massachusetts is, people always goes, why are they liberal? Why do they still vote Democrat? It's because the amount of people there that want to get a state job so they can lean on a fucking shovel or drive one of those orange pickup trucks like a half a mile an hour in the breakdown lane. Dude, you're driving too fast. Fucking slow it down. This is supposed to take all day. I knew a guy a long time ago. I worked in a warehouse, and he had he quit the postal service because he was bored out of his mind. He was a young kid, and he knew somebody, and he got in with the post, uh, working for the post office, and he went out, and he did his route, and he, got, he was done with it by 11, and the old-timers go, what the fuck are you doing here? Get out of here. Don't come back till 4 o'clock. You're going to fuck this whole thing up. So he went out and he like went to the movies and got like a sandwich and came back. And he just, because he was raised right, he couldn't live a life like that right now. You know what I love is there's possibly somebody who works one of those jobs listening right now. And I want to I want to ask you, how, how do you live with yourself? How do you get up every morning taking eight hours to do a fucking two-hour job? How do you do that shit? You know what I mean? Do you really feel like you're getting any, like you're getting away with something? I mean, that would be just be torture. Just imagine, like, whatever. Just make anything take four times longer than it should. Right? Cooking yourself an egg in the morning. Cooking it on low. You're just sitting there. Fucking, rather than thing being ready in, like, three minutes, 12 minutes later, there's a fucking fried egg. <laughs> That's the worst example ever. But you know what I mean. Step on the gas pedal, you piece of shit. Um, no, it's awful. I'm so pro-union, it's ridiculous. But I feel like so many of the unions literally became what the fuck they were fighting. And then they just became assholes. And then the corporations were like, well, you know, fuck you then. Keep your union and we'll take the factory. We will move it elsewhere. Oh, look at this. It's a third world country. Are there any laws even down here? Fuck it. We'll go back to playing people the way we did before the triangle shirtwaist fire there. Look at me. Oh, who took a double-decker tour bus in fucking New York? I did. This guy. 
All right, what I just fucking leaned back too far in the chair and I disconnected it. You know what? We you know what this is a brand new studio, so we're gonna have some glitches. It was a glitch! The hatch just blew. Um anyway, so they these fucking people were making shirts. And when you made shirts back then you had uh, you had a little bit of waste. You had shirt waste. <laughs> Long story short, somebody threw a fucking cigarette in there. I don't know what happened. They didn't have any fire escapes and the goddamn doors were locked and everybody had to like basically jump to their fucking deaths. And uh, that was the reference. It's not a very funny reference, but it is a reference. Um, speaking of which, did you guys see that uh, that Virgin uh, airplane that goes out into space crashed? Fucking terrifying is that. Dude, the, the goddamn, the balls to be a test pilot. To go up there. All right, we designed this thing. Now on paper, this thing should work. And then you have to go up there. It basically see if it works, and then once it works, you have to start seeing what how big the 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 fucking what the envelope within this thing can perform in, which basically invo- involves what they what the, you know the whole pushing the envelope, like whatever. Just say you flew a helicopter, and they said you can't go beyond one hundred and two knots, or else you get fucking uh, retreating blade stall. Like, how do you learn how to do that? That means some motherfucker has to go 103 knots, 104. Because, you know, when they say it's 102, you know, they, they still stop it way before. But, I mean, somebody had to have the balls to just keep pushing that stick forward. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? They think stand-up comics are fucking psychos. To be a test pilot, I mean... And then, you know, what's the worst thing about that is what excites you after that once you're on the fucking ground. Oh, honey, look, I'm so happy you're home. Look what I did. I rearranged the furniture here. Isn't this great? It just, like, opens up the room, don't you think? Why do you just stare at me like that when I say things? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not 30,000 feet off the fucking ground. I'm down here holding on. The, I'm holding down the fort for you. Where you coming from, huh? Did you get another blowjob after one of your test flights? And what does he do? He just stares at her, right? Maybe starts laughing like Ray Liotta in Goodfellas. <laughs> that fucking laugh. So he's wiping his eye, and he goes back out to a rocket ship with Joe Pesci. What the fuck kind of people are they? That's your life. And you can't relate to anybody anymore. That's the deal. Everybody's looking at you like, what's your fucking problem? It's like, what's my fucking problem? I've I've been like, uh, I went to the moon. That's my problem. And I'm talking to you who, uh, you know, went to the Patriots-Broncos game. And you got your fucking eyebrows up like what you just did was exciting. And I'm sorry. I'm having a little difficult, little difficult time relating to you right now. You know? And you know his wife is giving him shit. You have to stop bringing up the fact that you've been to space. You know? That you test pilots. Test pilots. You test airplanes. Anyway, so um, so they got this plane that goes up into space. I mean, and they're just going to go try this fucking thing out. The balls of those guys. Unfortunately, it didn't fucking work out. Dude, there is no fucking way. Do you realize the amount of fucking jackasses slash former members of boy bands that are just lining up to pay 200 grand to be the first fucking jerk off? Absolute fucking jerk off to get on one of those things. 
Okay, if you, if you got two hundred grand to do it, keep it in your pocket. All right, let other people be the test pilot passengers for this fucking thing. You don't do that. It's like it's like when when like a, like a new fucking iPhone comes out when when they came up with that LASIK eye surgery, you know, and people were getting blinded and they were fucking it up because it was new. You don't fuck with new technology. Is all I'm saying. These fucking idiots. I want to go out in space. You're nuts. You're nuts. What would you? You know what? I actually got to think here. What would I rather do? What would you rather do? Would you rather risk your life going into space or go scuba diving? To me, those are the two big, the two probably most terrifying things I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah, I got to tell you, this weekend I fucking uh, when I went to that wedding, there was a, uh, I was out in Palm Desert, and. Um, stayed at this really cool hotel that had this um, this basically lounge act and I don't want to disrespect the person but it was a lounge and he was doing his act right and uh, you know older guy he's like in his 60s or whatever and he was singing the shit out of these Frank Sinatra songs he was great really was great and um, and it was fun watching the older people watch the guy because in the end he had all this whole this whole patriotic thing that he did like a salute to the troops except it was real you know what I mean it's just a different time. Like, these guys are like, uh, well, wait a minute. He was born in 1949, I think. I looked him up. So he would have been 20 in 1969. Oh, fuck that. He's probably the Woodstock generation. Anytime I see old people, like, saluting the flag, I just think they fought in World War II. I think I watched too many episodes of that Ken Burns the War. But whatever. It was a nice thing. And uh, the veterans in the crowd stood up, a bunch of old guys and all that. It was a really nice thing. But in between, he was telling these uh, – he was 100% Sicilian. And he was telling these fucking old, old, old school jokes that, of course, would bomb in a comedy club. But within the context of what he was doing, they were great. And uh, one of the things he said, he said, uh, you know, I'm 100% Sicilian. My, uh, my birthstone is cement or something like that, which was obviously, you know, fucking hey, old-time joke, but – it just reminded me of uh, one of the worst deaths. I've actually thought about this. Like if somebody ever, uh, you know, wanted to take you out and you're standing on a fucking boat in cement that's drying and it's at night and they're taking you out into the ocean and they're just going to toss you fucking overboard. I would be just standing there weeping, just going, just shoot me. Just fuck it. Yeah, they'd be like, oh, we can't, man. The blood splatter. We're going to get caught. Well, can you fucking shoot me as you throw me in? <laughs> Just give me a gun. Right as you throw me in, I'm going to pull the trigger. Is that all right? I'll count to 1,000. No, I'll already be in the water. It won't work. Like, what happens? Is there any medical person out there? Is it a quick death? I just can't imagine. As you're fucking going down, waiting for your goddamn head to explode. And then you'd want to, like, somehow, like, just take a big gulp of water to end it. And uh, you couldn't. Your body wouldn't let you fuck it. Oh, my God. You know what just kills me about that is you just keep going down and down and down and down. Way past where all the fucking submarines, anybody's ever fucking gone. You're just, you're going to keep going. Now, granted, the pressure is going to fucking cave you in at some point, right? Just the, the fucking weight of that water. 
You know, it'd be worse if your survival instinct kicked in and you kept clearing your ears as you went down for as long as you fucking could. You just, as you fucking were going down. Like, just some futile attempt to just survive. You keep clearing the fucking air out of your station tubes, you know, so your fucking eardrums don't explode. Oh, Christ. What a fucking way to go. And that's all. I actually zoned out as he was singing, What is a man? What has he got? Damn, not himself. Then he is shot. Right? I just kept, the whole time he was singing that. To speak the words he truly feels, right? I was just picturing going down to the bottom of the ocean in cement shoes. And not the words of one who deals. It was like this little good fella film was going on in my head. I mean, granted, I was a couple scotches in. Oh, you know what? So um, it was a buddy of mine who got married, and I was supposed to get him some cigars. And I've been so busy with my day job. Um, writing on the, uh, or sitting in the room pitching jokes on the soon-to-be hit animated show in December of 2015, F is for Family. I'm going to hype this fucking show. I'm going to hype this fucking show for a year, so you guys better get, you've got to get ready. That's, you know what I'm, I'm literally doing, like, when they said this, you know, when they hyped it and when it's actually coming out, it's like how long it takes for a, a guy in the mass pike to drive to a pothole fucking a mile away. Um. Anyway, so I didn't have time to get the cigars, right? So I got a hookup out here to get the old fucking uh, Cubanos there. And um. anyways, this uh, I didn't do it. So I go out to Palm Desert and I'm like, all right, there's all these old fucking staunch Republicans out here. They all got money. They all like playing golf. They like smoking fucking cigars. I know they got Cuban cigars. So I just don't go to a smoke shop. I look for a high-end fucking place that actually has a little bit of a lounge thing, right? You know, fucking wooden Indian outside and shit, you know, all the old school stuff. So I find one, right? And I walk in there and I'm just like, hey, man, it's, uh, it's my buddy's, you know, uh, he got married today. I'm in between the actually the wedding ceremony and the after party. I was supposed to get cigars. I fucked up. Can you help me out? So he goes, yeah, sure. Come on in the humidor. So I say to the guy, hey, you got any, you know, you got any uh, Monte Cristo or... Uh, you know, Partigas, any any fucking, you know, basically. And he goes, uh, I go, you got some Cuban cigars? He goes, well, I got these over here. And I go, well, you got any Cuban cigars? And he goes, Cuban cigars are illegal in the United States of America. Ugh. I just wanted to fucking slap him in the face with a book of matches. Oh, really? Thank you. Like, I don't fucking know that? Jesus fucking Christ. Well, maybe because I look like a cop, he said it. I mean, what the Heroin is not legal within the United I know it isn't. I'd still like some. I'm asking you to do an illegal transaction here. I have cash. I'm willing to... I've, I've never fucking been... You know, every place I go to out here, you just fucking ask them. They have them in the back. And this is what's funny is people say... They say this shit, right? They'll go, uh, you know, actually, uh, like 99.999% of the fucking Cuban cigars in this country are fake. And you know what? They're wrong. Because I've been outside this country and I've smoked them and they taste the exact same. And then they're going to say, well, you know, once Castro fucking blue, blah, 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 all those companies fucking moved out of Cuba. Go fuck yourself with your theories. 
You read an article on one of those websites that have lists. I don't give a shit. All I know is that the Cuban cigar that I smoked in Paris, France, tastes the same as the one out here. Okay, so whatever it is, and that thing tastes way better than all of the fucking legal ones. All those other ones that they say, oh, this David Dove, fucking Nicaraguan, you know, tastes better. They'll test it higher than the Cuban ones. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. You're still comparing them to Cuban cigars, and there's a reason for it. It's just like how every fucking car compares itself to something German or Italian or whatever, right? This is like a Ferrari, except it's only 40 grand, you know? <clears throat> By the way, I, uh, I'm going to talk cars here for a second. I got to, um, what do I got to do here? I got to read some of the advertising for this week. Bill's going to put on his fucking horseshoes here. He's going to read the advertising. All right, live reads. Bingo, bango. All right. What do we got here? One, two, three this week, people. There's only three. Let's say we just knock them all out right here. All right. All right, let's talk cars. Um, so I've been threatening that I was going to buy a new car. The old Prius is getting old. The old fucking Prius, she ain't what she used to be. Actually, to be honest with you, all I need to do is uh, get a little interior work done. Just freshen her up. But, uh, you know, there's a couple cars out there that I got my eye on. One of them was a Mercedes-Benz and um, AMG fucking psycho level car, right? And uh, the other day, yesterday, I saw one on the highway. Has this ever happened to you? You see your fucking dream car. You see the car you want to. And then you drive up and you're like, I just got to see what the person looks like that's driving it. I bet they look like an astronaut, fucking test pilot or some shit, right? A war hero. I, dude, I pulled up along this car. This guy could not have looked like more of a fucking dirtbag. He was like in his 20s. You know, he just looked like a fucking, I can't even, I can't explain it because I'll get in trouble. You know? And not, not really by the fucking politically correct police, just by, you know, this nationality of people. Like, they're, they're, like if pit bulls became human beings, um... <laughs> It just looked like a fuck. Like if, if I ever had a daughter and this guy showed up at the door to to, to date her, I, I, I don't know what I would do. I would do something fucking crazy and then I would start weeping afterwards. He just looked like the biggest piece of shit ever. And I was just like, am I a piece of shit? Well, I am a piece of shit, but am I that kind of a piece of shit? Is that what I'm going to look like? But then if I get the car, other people will be like, oh, that's my dream car. And they're going to pull up alongside him and see fucking Ron Howard driving the thing. It's going to ruin it for him. I think Mercedes-Benz ought to pay me not to buy one of their cars. <laughs> or at least give a free tinted window package to me so it doesn't fucking hurt their, uh, hurt their product. Um, I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to get one. For this, and this is what I'm doing. I'm waiting. You know, right now I can get the car, but I have to wait till the downstairs is done in my house. You know, because that is a bad fucking move. You don't want to go out and buy a new car when people are doing work on your house because they'll just, they'll just think like, okay, this guy isn't spreading himself too thin. This guy is. It's just bottomless. All right? It's not fucking true. I mean, you can get you can get yourself in any car for like 1500 bucks now. Sign a goddamn lease on the thing. They don't give a shit. They give you fucking eight miles a month. Oh, that sounds good. Right? You drive home. You're already over the miles. Any, any fucking jerk. That's the thing now about cars. Back in the day when you had to buy them, you actually had to be able to afford them. So when somebody came down the street in a Cadillac or Mercedes or something like that, you could look at that man. And it was a man because those bitches stayed home back then, right? It was a fucking man. And you could look and hold your head high and go, I wonder who the fuck he robbed to get that goddamn car. What did he do? You know? That's the great thing about being an entertainer is people, you know, 
you, you got to admit, you know, entertainers, we, we earned our money. We started out in the fucking lounges, you know? I'm, I'm totally doing this lobbing it over the net so you fucking cunts out there can actually rip me apart and say that I, I don't deserve it. Um, no, I think I'm... Uh, I just got to get through this fucking build. Once they just finish this fucking thing, it's almost done, people. They're literally, they put in the hardwood floors. Okay, I have floors downstairs now. They're putting a tile in, in the fucking laundry room. That's going to be done. Everything's going to fucking make sense. Do you know my fucking washer and dryer were in a closet off of my kitchen? Does that make any fucking sense? Put them downstairs. Now we turn the laundry room upstairs into a walk-in pantry. All right? So I can resell it someday. Because one thing I've learned about women, they like being able to walk into something where they can put a bunch of shit. You know? They don't want a closet. They want to walk into the closet. Oh, my God, look at this. I can walk in and put all my stuff here. They're in a kitchen. They like the kitchen. But if they can walk into a pantry, I can put the flour over here and a mixer over there. I can walk into it. That's what you want to do. Like, if I was still a single man, I would build, like, some sort of walk-in closet, like a mini one, like, leading to my dick, right? And then you just go out to the... Actually, didn't Justin Timberlake do that? He put his put his dick in a box. Gosh, you know, not every idea is going to be original. Um, anyways, so anyway, I, I, can, I, can I give you guys a little bit of promotion here at the All Things Comedy Network that was... Uh, a, it's a podcast network that I, um, I started with uh, Al Madrigal. A couple other fellers, and um, it's basically uh, you know, it's basically owned and operated by stand-up comics, and we don't own anybody's podcast. And we don't try to fuck anybody out of money. All right, but things, things do cost money. So we're having this fundraiser here. The All Things Comedy five-dollar fundraiser starts today. All right, our goal is to outfit the new All Things Comedy studio in Hollywood with a professional quality AV equipment. Uh, go to tubestart.com, buy a sticker that says, I support all things comedy for five bucks, shipping included. The All Things Comedy Live podcast number four, by the way, is available today on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review it. This episode features uh, John Heffron, Jackie Kishane, I'm the worst reader ever, Dean Del Rey, myself, Al Madrigal, and Felipe Esparza. Uh, you got to listen to him. Did I say his name right? Asparza. Asparza. I'm the fucking worst. Um, and you know what? It's such a fucking crime that I didn't say his name correctly because he had the best goddamn stories I've ever heard. You got to listen to it. Um, I'm such a white guy from the fucking East Coast. I can't, anything remotely Latino, I, I can't even pronounce it. Um, that's embarrassing. I've listened to all of his fucking comedy, too. What a piece of shit I am. Anyways, check it out. It's going to be on iTunes. Um, all right, let's get back to the podcast. Can we talk a little football? Um, yeah, I'm not going to brag about the Patriots beating the Broncos. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to act like, you know, Tom Brady is better than fucking uh, Peyton Manning. I'm not going to do that shit. I'm not going to do that, all right? I, I, you know, the record speaks for itself. Head-to-head matchups. I hate when people do that. Well, at least 7-2 against the lifetime. Well, I guess that means he's a better quarterback. I think it all comes down to, uh, you know, when you had your opportunities, what did you do with them? All right? That's basically what it is. Because everything else is you got everybody else on the fucking field. You know? People always come up with a reason to blame it on the biggest guy, and I don't think that's necessarily fair. 
All right. Although that pick six he threw against the Saints was his fault. I'll give him shit on that one. And but I also think Brady should have hit Wes Welker. Guy was fucking wide open. He threw to the back shoulder. Welker Osha should have caught it. It's just a fucking shame. And then what happened? Next thing you know, Eli, the fucking middle child, ends up with more rings than Peyton. Figure that one out. You know? But the thing about Eli that you got to love about that guy is as much as he looks like he always has a cold, the bigger the game, the better he plays. So I fucking love that guy, despite the fact he, his team kicked my team's ass twice in the Super Bowl. But you know what? When you've won three others, I guess it's okay. You know, I realize the, the Patriots are actually have been in, um, I think, more Super Bowls. How many have we been in? Let's see. We lost to the Bears. We lost to the Packers. We beat the Rams. We beat the uh, the Panthers. We beat the Eagles. We lost to the Giants. We lost to the Giants. So that's seven. Our record is three and four. I think the Cowboys have been in the most Super Bowls. What's their deal? They lost to the Colts. Then they beat Miami. Right? So those were two. And Miami beat the Redskins. And then Steelers beat the Cowboys. Then the Cowboys beat the Broncos. Then Steelers beat the Cowboys. So that's five. They've been in eight. And then they beat the Bills twice. And then they beat the Steelers. So they've been in eight. Patriots have been in seven Super Bowls. How the fuck did that happen? You the goddamn doormats of the league. Um, playing in that high school football stadium. Unbelievable. But, um, yeah, I'm not going to brag about shit. Uh, you know, we also let up 21 points. We still suck against the run. And it's also a regular season game and all that type of shit. So, like I said, I'm not going to really fucking brag about that. Um, I'm, I am happy that we won and all that type of shit. Uh, but... I got to be honest with you. I have no idea who the best team is right now. Um, I mean, can somebody explain to me the San Diego Chargers? What the fuck is that? Like, if you bet on football this year, you're out of your mind at this point. You should just just cut your losses and go home. 37 to nothing against the Dolphins? You know, no, no disrespect to the Dolphins, but the fucking Dolphins? 37 to nothing? I missed the whole game, so I should just shut the hell up. I was at that stupid... Not stupid event. I was doing that event thing. Um, that's a sports fan of me saying that it was stupid. Um, but whatever. So I have I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know who's shot. I don't know who's not. I don't know who's good. I really don't. And um, but the Patriots look how the Patriots look every year to me um, since we stopped lo- uh, winning Super Bowls. So you know, I think we're once again. I love that that we're somehow number one against the pass. That's great, but uh, I don't know. It'd be nice if we could have been at least seventh against the run as opposed to, like, dead last. I'm quoting somebody from last week. I might be wrong about that, but, uh, you know, so whatever. I, ho- I hope, um, you know, whatever. <laughs> I know we're going to make the playoffs, obviously, because our division fucking stinks. And uh, I don't know. What about the Jets? Jesus fucking Christ. One and eight. Thank God for the Raiders. Or they, they'd have the worst team in the league. Unbelievable. I'll tell you right now, you know who's going to be a fucking bargain to pick up is Rex Ryan when they fire that guy. Because that guy is a good coach. I don't like that he talks shit and disrespects other fucking teams. And he does. And it comes from a place of insecurity, I think. And then he tries, no, you can't get mad at me. I was, 
Oh, I respect people. Shut the fuck up. You ran your mouth when you had a good team. Now your team stinks. So now you now you now you're not talking. So maybe he is a good guy. Maybe he did learn his lesson. I'm going to wait for Rex Ryan to have another good team. And if he doesn't talk shit, then I'll be like, all right. He uh, kind of learned a lesson then. But I think most of the reason why he's kept his mouth shut is because his team has stunk. However, um, I will say this. Um, that that team is not his fault. Uh, they uh, you got to get rid of that GM. You know? Coach is only as good as the players. I sound like one of those stupid analysts on fucking ESPN, but it's true. The guy, he doesn't have anybody. And Geno Smith, from what I heard, was the dead GMs. That was his big fucking pick. You know, what are you supposed to do? So, uh, whatever. So he's going to get blamed. He's going to get fired. The GM's going to get fired. And then someone's going to pick up Rex Ryan. And I think, you know, if he gets if he gets with the right GM, I think, you know, that guy took the Jets to, like, within two plays uh, or one drive, I should say, of getting to the Super Bowl. The fucking Jets. That's an accomplishment in itself, you know? So, I don't know. It's weird. I used to, I remember for the longest time, I used to wish, I just wish the Jets would lose, and I fucking hated Rex Ryan because he was talking all that shit, and I wanted to see the guy flame out exactly what the fuck's happening. And now it's happening, and I, I feel bad for the guy because I feel like uh, what's going on is not his fault. I wanted them to lose with the fucking players that he picked because he talked all that fucking shit. You know, we're going to win a Super Bowl. We're the best fucking team in this fucking league. All of that shit. Just drove me up the goddamn wall. But now it's now it's happening. I can't root for a guy to lose his job. Can I? Yeah, Jesus, I don't know. Um, anyways, what? How, how, much, how much time have I done here, by the way, Mike? Well, we started over, didn't we? Or this is, this is the real time? 37 minutes. All right. Um, 37 minutes in. Uh... All right, what the fuck else am I going to talk about? Oh, I did a I did a benefit benefit uh, uh, for pit bulls last night. It's one of my favorite benefits of the year because I absolutely fucking love dogs, and I also showed up and um, there's all these pit bulls there that need to be adopted and stuff, and uh, uh, they're just the, the best the best fucking looking. Like if you drew a dog's face, that's what a pit bull fa- you know what their face looks like. That is just a fucking dog. So I went over there, and there's all these poor dogs that had their fucking ears clipped and shit. And, you know, they went through all of this goddamn pain, and they're just sitting there, you know? They're looking scary because their fucking ears are all cut up and shit. So I go over to pet this one, right? Great fucking dog. It's one of those dogs where you start petting it. It, like, leans into you. It puts all its weight on you. And I wasn't prepared for that, and I squatted down like a catcher to pet this thing. And it just fucking leaned into me and actually knocked me over. <laughs> like a fucking asshole. But, uh, ah, oh, it was crazy. They had puppies there. You know, if my dog wasn't such a psycho and wouldn't try to fight another dog if I brought it in, I would own three of them. So, I just got to ride it out with the crazy dog that I love now. Give her the best life possible. Um, but when, uh, that chapter is over, I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to get a blue nose, a red nose. I'm going to get an all white one. And I'm going to get a black one. I'm going to have four of them. And even then, that won't be enough. That's how much I fucking love that breed of dog. So it was uh, it was a fucking great time going over there and uh, doing the show. Actually, I did two shows. And the first show went great. And the second show, I don't know what happened. I think I went out. And I, I went out too hard. There was a comic in the room that I wanted to impress. A uh, comic that I liked uh, when I was starting out. And I, mean, I still like him, obviously. But uh, I tried to fucking... I, just, I swear to God. 
nothing will humble you like fucking stand-up comedy. Every time you think you got it down, you know, like, oh, I got this fucking figured out. What ends up happening, you know, you go up there and you, I didn't eat my balls, but uh, I definitely, uh, I, I, I munched on them a little bit. <laughs> I swear to God, and I thought I said, I thought I said it the same funny way. I, I went up there and I said, you know what? I just hope that when it's all said and done, all the money we raise here tonight, some of it trickles, actually trickles down to some to, to the dogs or something like that. Because you know, all these half of these fucking these goddamn uh, charities are total scams. Just as far as like uh, you know, the the amount of money that goes towards whatever the hell they're trying to stop versus what they line their pockets with. I mean, it is a sh- it's a scam. Somebody sent me something where you know, the amount of uh, charities out there that 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 they name their charity that almost sounds like the legitimate charity. You know, like that um that coming to America instead of McDonald's, it's McDowell's. They do that and these fucking pieces of shit will just put a picture of a starving kid or something like that. And then you feel bad and you drop some change in there, a couple bucks, and they just keep it and they go out and they get a house. All right, we had another glitch <laughs> with some of the wires here. The fuck was I talking about? It'll get better, people. It'll get better. If you get down there and get your All Things Comedy $5 fundraiser stickers. Um, do we even have a website? Mike, do we even have a website where I'm supposed to tell these people to get these fucking stickers at? Tubestart.com. Oh, right there. Go to Tubestart.com. If you'd like to stop hearing delays in this podcast, nah, whatever. We'll figure it out. Anyway, so these cunts, they start a, they start a, um, a uh, what do you call it, a charity, and they name it like another charity that's actually legitimate, and then they put some, you know, sad puppy's face or uh, who the fuck knows what, and then they make a bunch of money. Next thing you know, they got a big house sitting by a pool, and they don't feel one ounce of guilt. They're absolutely. You know what would happen to these people if they actually did something like that in, in Singapore? You know where it's illegal to spit gum on the sidewalk. I can't imagine the caning that these people would get, and they would fucking deserve it too. As horrific as a caning video is, um, I actually have a theory, people. Oh, Billy Gossip is coming with the theory. I've noticed this year, uh, you know, a lot of stuff came out about a certain campaign. That uh, that was raising awareness that made everybody wear the uh, well, it's not quite a magenta pink. The pink campaign, a lot of shit came out about that. A lot of unsavory fucking shit over there about that campaign and about how much money was being raised and how much was actually being appropriated toward actually finding a fucking cure for uh, breast cancer and how much was going into uh, new tiling inside this person's fucking uh, Olympic-sized pool. And also a lot of shit came out about the NFL and their pink jerseys. And by a lot of shit, I mean the website I went to and the one article that I read um, <laughs> about... Uh, I thought it was a legitimate website. I mean, it was on the Internet, right? And they were saying that, like, you know, like 95% of the profits from those jerseys went into the NFL's pockets. And I think that people were starting to blow whistles... And but the NFL makes so much fucking money for media giants, ESPN, fucking Fox, and NBC that they all kind of squashed it. 
And I think that the Pink Lady and the NFL both made their money and they're slowly backing off each other and just going to pretend it never fucking happened because this year they went from, oh my God, if I see another fucking pink thing again in my life, um, I'm going to kill myself. Last year, you couldn't escape it. I mean, I remember when I was in New Orleans working and there was like a, uh, I went to this casino and the blackjack table, that was two years ago. The blackjack table was pink. It was all fucking over the place. And now I noticed this year, straight across the board, the NFL and everywhere else, way, way, way the fuck toned down. Way the fuck toned down. And I think they're all slowly walking away from uh, some unsavory shit. They're just acting like it never happened. Hey, you know, whatever. We should, Like that crimes and misdemeanors where somebody got killed but nobody got caught and you just kind of get over it after a while you just get on with your fucking life I think if I had to guess uh, but then I'm a negative I'm not a negative prick uh, I'm a cynical son of a bitch and uh, I think that that's what happened <laughs> someday that Oprah will make a fucking movie about it right the Lifetime Network someone will play the pink lady no Oprah wouldn't do that right that's that would make women look bad she, she's not about that if there's a guy you know what they just they say it was based on real events, and then somehow they would make the reason why the evil woman at the head of the pink campaign did it was because some guy was verbally abusing her or hit on her when she walked down the street. There was a couple of no, an, an, another like non stories in stand up comedy, like the the fucking outrage. You know, back when I was a kid, when people got outraged, what they did was when they wanted to find out if people were actually outraged, they, they went out in the street and they talked to people. Now it's like marketed outrage. So I don't even buy into it. You know what I mean? Like uh, this comic. They, they did this whole fucking thing. This woman made a video. She walked around New York City for 10 fucking hours. 10 hours! Yeah! You fucking walk around in public... For 10 hours is a good-looking woman. Somebody's going to hit on you, right? I would, they should follow me for 10 hours. It'd be the exact opposite. Instead of people hitting on me, they'd be like, Hey, over here! Anybody? <laughs> Acknowledge me! And then in the end, I'd get mugged. Jesus Christ, bunch of fucking crybabies now. You know what I love? All the fucking clothes she was wearing were made in a sweatshop somewhere. So as much as she's having a fucking problem, people calling out how nice her ass is, there's some crying child that made those jeans that are so wonderfully cupping her booty cheeks. You know? And, you know, I think that's one to grow on. I don't give a... F I think that's some of the... Just, just a bunch of bullshit. Everybody flipping out about it. It's such a lazy goddamn story. And then you know where they always get started? Some fat fucking blogger's site. Or some victim douche makes a fucking video. And then they always end up on those cheese ball sites, those list sites that steal six hours of your life. Top ten turtles in the Indian Ocean. All of a sudden, oh, jeez, I wonder what those look like, you know? How the fuck did you end up there? The top 20 worst plastic surgery nightmares. The top 100 uh, porn star blowjobs in the month of March. I mean much as I'm making fun of them, I obviously, because I can make fun of them, I know what the fuck they are. But um, I don't know. I'm just, I, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't think there is any outrage. I don't. And I, I think when they just, they just find like two or three fucking people and they just try to magnify it. Right? 
Someone will get upset about anything, like this fucking uh, that chick up there in Oregon who had uh, inoperable brain cancer and decided that she, rather than go through it, she just wanted to die. I was actually reading this story. She went to Oregon because if you want to die up there, they let you do it. Um, you know, and the hospitals are like, wait a minute, how dare you decide to die and we don't make any money off of it? Like, God damn it, this goes against the Lord. You need to come into our hospitals and lay there and we'll medicate you and we'll just drag this fucking thing out and uh, then stick your alive relatives with a six-figure bill. How dare you go around all of that? She basically, uh, medically speaking, was off the grid. So she decided to go up there. It was actually fucking creeping me out, you know? She went up there and she picked out the house that she wanted to die in. She picked out like a little yellow house and uh, and then just basically took drugs like, I'm dying now. Do you realize the fucking nerve that that takes? I couldn't do that. As much as, like, uh, I, I could. If you were going to put cement shoes on me and you gave me a cyanide pill, which is probably a horrific death, too, but uh, it's nice and quick, yeah, I'd do it. But I'd still have to psych myself up, you know, trying to think what prayer I could say to a higher power just in case it actually exists that would exonerate me from all the fucking horrific shit that I've done in my life. Um, I don't know if I could do that. What would you rather do? Would you rather just go to Oregon and die in a yellow house, hanging out with your friends, just watch a football game, be like, all right, everybody, listen, man, I had a great time. <laughs> like, you're going home. See you later, man. I right, just fucking pop a pill. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I, I got nothing. I don't know what the fuck happened this week. Oh, I here's one for you. Kansas City, uh... Kansas City Royals lost the, the World Series, man. That killed me. I wish they sent that guy home. You know? Even if he got thrown out at the plate, just to have a fucking... Somebody try to get an inside-the-park home run in the ninth inning down by one. Bottom in the ninth at home. Jesus Christ. I was watching that in the bar. And um, the second it, it went by that guy... I'm thinking, all right, that's a double. Then it went down there and it bounced off the wall and that guy kicked it or something. I'm like, that's definitely a triple. You know what kills me? If that was Willie Wilson running the base path, he definitely would have made it. Oh, that fucker would have made it. He would have made it. And then you know what you would have had? You had one of the you would have had one of the great plays in baseball. However, if anybody's gonna sit around and give that guy shit, is like, you know, he should have gone and let's say the same reason why he didn't go is why that guy in center field missed the fucking ball. Because it was the ninth inning of the World Series. You know what I mean? There's so much on the line. If that was a regular season, that guy just would have let the blooper drop in. But he ran in thinking, i got to make a play, i got to make a play. And then the second it hit the ground, he looked like me out in the field. You know? I actually make fun of myself a lot athletically, like I stink. And uh, that is, that, nothing could be further from the truth. A lot of people don't know I was actually drafted by the Texas Longhorns to play baseball. But uh, I just decided, you know... I mean, I just, Roger Clemens was still there at the time, and I was just, you know, I was just like, you know, it's his time. It's his time. I, 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 don't, I don't want to do that to people, right? Is anybody watching hockey at all? I've been so busy fucking looking at all this other shit, I have had no time to look at it whatsoever. Although I, I do know that uh, that the fucking uh, Bruins beat the Senators the other night, didn't they? Three to two. They shifted up the line. It's Bergie's line there. They got my shine in the other fucking line or something. I'm basically out of shit to talk about, maybe for the first time ever. So I'm just going to sit here and uh, 
Just can you guys just ride with me for the next couple of weeks while I well I'm gonna we're gonna write and record these next couple episodes and then I'm gonna be done with the F is for family shit. Then we're gonna animate it. Then I'll actually have some free fucking time and I can actually live a little bit of life and maybe actually have something to talk about on my goddamn podcast. Mike, what am I up to here? Like fifty minutes? Fifty one minutes? I gotta somehow figure out another nine minutes of shit that I have to talk about. And you know what? You're not gonna help me. You're just gonna sit over there and go, Oh, we got another glitch. Got another glitch in the fucking <laughs> main board here mike has that ever happened any podcast in here it hasn't right what is with me in technology it just it just doesn't fucking work out for me all right whatever corpse found in a costa rican concordian wreck assumed to be russell ribello no way not fucking russell ribello ah jesus christ this is my fucking phone who is it Ah, shit, I gotta take this guy. Sorry. Hello? Hey, I'm finishing up my podcast. Can I call you back in two seconds? Okay, cool. Bye. This is how bad I am with, with technology. The reason why whenever my management calls, I always pick up is because I know they probably sent me an email that I didn't see. And I'm supposed to be somewhere that I'm not. I, I really fucking hate the fact that people can get away with now. Well, you know, I'm like, dude, why didn't you tell me? I sent you an email. Why didn't you just send a fucking carrier pigeon that doesn't fly back to you? And like, you should send a parrot is what you should do. Send me the message. And then the parrot comes back like, well, I was able to give it to him and he read it, right? You just send a fucking email. Did I just imitate a parrot? Is that how much I'm fucking struggling to, f- <laughs> to fill time? Yeah, I don't fucking like when people do that shit. They think, I, I sent you an email. It was all in the email. It's like, dude, I get a thousand fucking emails. You know how much porno I've watched on on uh, on my computer? Jesus Christ, you know how many fucking emails I get a day? I've bought shit on all of these fucking websites. I can't even find emails anymore. I get so much stuff, and then people go, oh, why don't you, uh, why don't you just start a second account? And, and on that one... You know, it's only for friends and family and all of that fucking shit. Because eventually I'm going to have it open. And I'm going to look at somebody, uh, you know, fucking blowing somebody. And then next thing they're gonna, they somehow they just get it. There's no more privacy or whatever. So that's the reason why I took the phone call. I apologize. That was unbelievably, uh, not unbelievably. It's probably typically unprofessional of me. Um, yeah, so anyways, all right, what do I got going on coming up? Uh, anyways, you know what? I'm just going to hype the shit that I do have coming up. I got a stand-up special coming up uh, December 5th. I know I've bored you to death with this, but uh, I'd love if you watched it. It's on uh, Netflix, and I've been getting shit about this, that it's only on Netflix, and that you're not going to be able to buy it anywhere for like a year. And all I have to say is you only have yourselves to blame for that, all right? If you cu- fucking cunts would actually pay for the goddamn thing, I could put up my own money for it. You know, but I can't put up my own money for it because only like maybe, I don't know, 5,000 of you will actually purchase the thing and that'll get me 25 grand back of about 180 grand. So would you do a deal like that? You wouldn't. So whatever. Netflix put up the money. So that's how it works. And then part of my agreement is that they own it exclusively for a year. That's how it works. But here's the thing. You know, some asshole, some going to whatever you fucking tech geeks call it, rip it and wrap it and fucking upload it. And it's going to be on YouTube anyways, so you'll just see it that way. Okay? So quit breaking my fucking balls about it. These fucking nerds, man. 
Out there, you know, how come they just keep making movies about fucking superheroes and, and uh, Transformers and shit and apes taking over the planet? Because you stole all the other ones. You stole it. You stole all the fucking, you get what you pay for. You stop paying for movies. So now they're like, fuck it. We're going to make these movies that even if you steal them, it's going to suck to watch at home. They're either going to make those or they're going to make little cheapies. Little cheapy ones where you got to, you know, you got to share a sleeping bag with the five other actors and the directors every day on a shoot. Those are the only fucking movies they make anymore. And you know what? You fucking cunts got no one to blame but yourself. So I don't want to hear it. So my special comes out December 5th on Netflix. All right. I should have called it. You, uh, you, you get you get what you pay for. Oh, is that what you should have called it, Bill? Ooh. Then what's going to happen, huh? Is there some group going to get upset? Who's the latest guy? Chris Rock got in trouble. Chris Rock got in trouble. He got outraged. He got some outrage. He told some joke and, and, and people were outraged. Some people or some groups? How long? You know what's funny about what he did was there's no real group. I guess Boston's strong. They could get outraged. They could pretend to be outraged so they could sell more T-shirts. So then they can line their fucking pockets and then, uh, you know, maybe a couple of it trickles down to the actual victims of the bombing. I swear to God, like, I would like to start it. You know what the charity you should do is you just walk up to the person who got injured in the, in the bombing. And you just hand them a bag of cash that insurance companies can't see. So they don't say that this, well, you're now making this much money. So this somehow cancels your policy. we got to somehow come up with something where you just get the money directly to the wounded warrior, directly to the victim of the uh, 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 the marathon bombings, you know, as opposed to these Mary Kay cosmetic fucking cunts who are standing in between the the money and the victim like a fucking they're sitting there like like a windscreen. I literally have my arms out right now, acting this out, just catching as much of the cash as they possibly can. It's like a filter. I don't know. I'm not saying they're all bad, but generally speaking, you know what I mean. People are fucking people, and I, uh, you know, I don't trust them. I don't fucking trust them. Is this bad? I'm, I, you know, what's funny is uh, at some point I, I, I'm hoping to get to the level in this business that actually somebody will take the time to get offended by something that I say. Although the second show last night, you know, it was David Spade was in the crowd. I didn't want to drop a name, and I'm a fucking huge fan of his, so I wanted to impress him. And then I went up there and I fucking ate my balls. I didn't eat my balls. Ah, it fucking kills you. You know what? And that was like the last set of the night. That was my last set, so now that's just lingering there. So unfortunately, tonight I'm actually at Flappers. I swear to God, that's the name of a comedy club. I don't know why they always have to give them zany names, like zanies, right? Wackos, bananas, fuck fucks, whatever the hell they call them. This one's called Flappers, and evidently it's because back in the day, I don't know, there was people that, people who danced, you know, like during the vaudevillian days, hey, let's get some flappers out there. You know, while we get the, you know, well, the comics, I don't know, getting his puppet, whatever the fuck they were doing, right? So whatever. So they named this comedy club Flappers, and then all the waitresses and shit got to dress like it's the 1920s. And then the guy who runs the room, he's got to fucking dress like he's got a fucking Tommy gun in a violin case. I don't know why they do it. I don't know why they don't sit down with other comedians and have a meeting and just say, hey, do you think this is a good idea? Oh, speaking of which, you guys got to listen to the Verzi Effect this week. Another All Things Comedy uh, member, Paul Verzi. Um, somebody threw a fucking beer bottle at him. Thank God they missed. They threw a fucking beer bottle at him. And Verzi did, said he did some Matrix shit. And uh, the guy missed him. But, like, 
this is just classic comedy club security. Like, dude, I don't know if you guys realize, but but throwing a beer bottle at somebody's fucking head is assault with a deadly weapon. Like, you literally can lose your eye, cave in your skull. I had a buddy of mine in high school. Somebody smashed a bottle in his face. He's scarred for life. I haven't seen him in years, but I mean, he had this big scar going from his forehead right down the side of his face. Totally affected him socially. Like, when he talked to him, he would cheat his face to the side. He was this outgoing guy, became all fucking self-conscious and all that shit, right? And um, this guy does this shit. Classic comedy club security. Do you know they didn't get the guy's name and he just fucking left? They're like, oh, he just ran out of here. It's like, what do you mean he just fucking ran out? How does he just run out? Of- he threw a fucking beer bottle at somebody. Ah, he just, I don't know. He kind of slipped through our fingers. And just fucking ran out the door like Charlie Chaplin. I'm not saying you got to go fight the guy. But with all this cell phone uh, camera video that you can get now, you couldn't videotape his fucking car. Not videotape, whatever. I'm so old. Whatever. <laughs> you couldn't get a VHS tape of him driving out of the parking lot? Just something, a picture of his car. Anything. That guy should be in fucking jail. I don't know. Sorry, it's a good friend of mine. Somebody threw a fucking beer bottle on him. Um, anyway, so if you want to listen to the, the full story of it, uh, listen to the Verzi effect this week. And um, that's it. Mercifully, I'm up here in an hour. I apologize, guys. I had, uh, you know, I didn't get it done this week, you know? I think I started off strong with the test pilot shit. I ended, I ended kind of weakly. Or maybe I didn't. Maybe you guys are actually enjoying it, and I just can't hear the laughter. Um, this weekend, if you are in uh, Boston, Massachusetts, I am doing uh, the 20th anniversary. Believe it or not. I can't believe it because I think I was on the second or the third one. That's how fucking old I am. The 20th anniversary of uh, a great charity where the money actually goes to the people that need it. Uh, the Cam Neely, uh, the Cam Neely House, comics come home. The twentieth anniversary. Uh, Dennis Leary is going to host it as always. He put together this charity with Cam Neely twenty years ago. You know, from day one, it was a big deal. I remember the the, the year that we did it. They actually filmed it for uh, Comedy Central, and uh, now somehow it is in its twentieth year. I remember a few years ago it was in the fifteenth year. I was like, how the fuck is it fifteen years? ago? You know, that feels like two years ago. Five years ago goes by like two years now at my age, so uh, it's kind of terrifying. But anyways, it's going to be a murderer's row of comedians. And uh, as far as I know, I think they're putting me on last, as I mentioned last week. And that and that's what you do on that show. You do not headline. You go on last. So I got to make sure uh, my, my game is uh, up to snuff so uh, I don't get fucking... I don't get a bunch of shit. You know what's funny? It was at the wedding I went to this week. Uh, I hung out with a, a buddy of mine that was from Boston. And I haven't been around that vibe that like that much, that consistently. It's just the level of defensiveness. Somehow we started talking about sneakers. And uh, we were saying how, you know, oh, you know, people will stand in line for sneakers and people get beat up and shot over sneakers and sometimes these, these sneaker heads they buy these fucking sneakers and then they put them in the back of their closet so they can break them out five years later so people are like oh fuck where'd you get those and this dude totally fucking Boston it's just like it's just like yeah dude I, I, don't, I don't get that you know like my whole life like I've never been into shit you know like I'm not I'm not into shit <laughs> like really choppy talking 
Like, we're just having this conversation. He just kind of jumps in like that. And we're just looking at him like, what do you mean? You're not into anything? You like to fish? He's like, yeah, dude, but I wouldn't, like, buy a fucking pole and then stick it in my closet and pull it out five years later. Oh, look at this shit. Like, every fucking thing was like that. He went up to go uh, do a drink run. And he comes back. He's like, yeah, dude, what the fuck's with that bartender, you know? I go up there to order your bourbon. The guy's like, do you want it neat? Do you want it on the rocks? It's like, dude, I don't know what the fuck that means. Just put it in a glass. You know? What the fuck? <laughs> so anyways, I'm going to be performing for people like that next weekend to raise money for uh, the Cam Neely house. Um, all right, that's it. I'm sorry. Oh, he ended with a whimper. He came in like a douche and ended out like a cunt. All right, that's the podcast for this week. Uh, I'm getting new and comfortable to the All Things Comedy podcast here. Um, please go to uh, allthingscomedy.com. Check out all the other web uh, websites, all the other um, podcasters that we have on there. And once again, if you'd like to help us here, go to tubestart.com and uh, buy a couple of stickers. You can do it if you want. If you don't, who gives a f- oh, fuck? I didn't talk about Halloween. I got to talk about Halloween real quick. This is like a comic that will not get off stage. He's just trying to get the last big laugh. Mike's over in the corner like, for fuck's sakes, I got a life to get on with here. Um, we finally figured out We finally figured out Halloween. This is the way you do it. Because last year, we did not give out candy because my lovely wife was so fucking sick of all the high school kids and the precocious cunt kids and the fucking uh, adults that show up and they want candy and they say fucked up shit. This is how you do Halloween. All right? The first hour is the best. It's all little kids, little cutie pie kids with parents who are excited. And it's their kids like first or second Halloween. The first one, the first kid that showed up to the door, he was dressed like a little fireman, right? And I'm like, oh, look at you, little fireman. How you doing? And I, you know, I crouch down and uh, I hold the bowl out to give him the candy. And this adorable little kid reaches in, grabs one of the candy bars and then goes to hand it to me. I would, I'm like, no, no, you get to keep it. You get to keep it. Fucking adorable as hell, right? Uh, and then he turns around. He goes to walk away. The back of his jacket, his, rain, his little raincoat said uh, fire chief. It was adorable as hell. But then he stopped. It was hilarious. He stopped and he walked back and he reached in. He grabbed another piece of candy and put it like he got it, you know? And then I was thinking, no, oh, that's cute. Slash, he's on his way to being like these cunty kids that are going to be coming here in an hour. So there's an hour of these cute kids. And then the next hour... You get these precocious kids, right, who think everything they say is so fucking brilliant and that adults are stupid, right? And these kids come up, and as I'm going to give them, first kid, you know, there's this group of kids, and one of them comes up to the door, and I'm just like, he looked like he was the Grim Reaper. I'm like, oh, the Grim Reaper. And he's like, oh, I'm not the Grim Reaper. I'm so-and-so from, like, either Harry Potter or fucking Lord of the Rings. I don't know what he was supposed to do. It's just like, dude, fuck you. You look like the Grim Reaper. How many houses are you going to go to when they guess Grim Reaper before you blame yourself that you made a bad costume, you little douche, right? So I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I didn't see the movie. And he goes, well, could you at least read the book? I wanted to fucking boot him right in his seventh grade ass. And then another group of kids, they come there and we all fucking give them candy. And then they start singing, we wish you a Merry Christmas. They start caroling on my front porch like this is blowing my mind. Like I'm going to be like, wait a minute. What holiday is it? That's what I can't stand. It's the fact that they think that they're smarter than you. This is why it's so great I never had kids. I would have been such a bad parent because I just want to be like, do you think you're really fucking with me right now? I had water damage on a house. I have a fucking mortgage. I have a goddamn wife. Do you think right now what you're doing is blowing my mind? 
huh? You little fuck. I just, I don't know. And then what we did, so then we wrote it out through those douchebags because still there was some little kids, cute kids coming up. And then what you do is the first fucking kid who looks like he's pushing uh, high school age and has that shit-eating grin look on his face, what I should have done was just slam the door in his face, said he was too big, but I didn't because I don't want anybody fucking with my house. What you do is you let him, one guy get you. You give him the candy, and the second he leaves, that's it. You blow out the candle and the pumpkin. You shut off the porch light. You just shut it down. It's over. You shut out all the lights in your house, and you go down into the bowels of your house or into some closet, and you just pour yourself a drink. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Anything Better podcast, NFL preview edition for the best lines there are for our sponsor, BetMGM, everybody. Uh, if you haven't signed up yet to BetMGM, uh, what are you waiting for, guys? All right, BetMGM app. It's the best one out there. All you got to do is download the app. Okay, we got a bonus code for you, which is super easy, called BURR, B-U-R-R, and you do that, and then once you deposit at least $10, that's it though, at least $10, you will receive up to $1,000 in free bets, uh, even if your bet loses, so uh, just make sure you use bonus code BURR, B-U-R-R, put in 10 bucks, and they will give you, dude, they're going to give you 10 stacks, Gonna give you 10 stacks to have a little fun with, a little, little walking around money. Can't beat that. Um, and we are going into week number um nine. And uh yours truly is um I'm I'm fucking I'm flailing here, guys. Another one and three. Bill goes two and two. And uh hey, you win some, you lose some. Hey, That's you win I some, you, you win some, you lose some. Uh I believe I have first pick Slow going steady, into Paul. Slow what? and steady, slow and steady loses the big. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm in Grand Rapids. I'm pulling up to the hotel. Let's knock this out. I got my Jimmy the Greek sunglasses on. I'm ready to go this week. All right. Well, I got the first pick, and uh, with Flash. the first with the first pick, um, the record. I didn't say you didn't have the first pick. What's that? Just for the record, I didn't say you didn't have the first pick. You know, there's a little bit of attitude in that. I didn't appreciate it. No, no, the attitude's with myself. I, I don't care about some gamesmanship. But I'm just saying, you know, the, the attitude's with myself. Um, Setting the tone. Whew. I'm gonna take the new. I can't believe this, but I'm gonna do it. Oh, Paulie's taking a dog. I am gonna take the 11 and a half points and the New York Jets at home. Against the division rival Buffalo Bills, the Jets are coming off a really bad. What a great bet! They're gonna get a they're gonna get a a, a, a prevent defense ta- uh, touchdown in the end to tie that up. I almost I was looking at that. I like that pick. I'm gonna take the Jets eleven and a half after a bad loss. We'll find out what the Jets are made of. We're gonna find out what you're made of, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, yes, I'm going tonight. I'm going tonight, Paul. I'm getting out of the way early. I'm taking the Eagles, given 13 and a half. Even with the prevent D touchdown they're going to give in the end, I still think they're going to stomp the shit out of the, uh, the Houston Gamblers there, the USFL. Okay. Texans, Paul. All right. I'm holding right. that one. No, no. I'm actually thinking about if I'm going to go head to head. I like the 13 and a half points at home. Um, no one's stopping you. Is it a dumb? You nervous from? It's a dumb bet. Let me let me let me hold off for a second. I'll see how I feel later on after these picks. Thursday, Paul. Um, I mean everybody's wife bitches until Friday. They don't even play tackle football. Can you imagine how these professional athletes feel? Are the Washington flag football on Thursdays? It's like (laughs) NFL gets their game. Us degenerates will still watch it. Nobody gets hurt. Go out there with some shoulder pads. Um, Like the lingerie league. (laughs) Everybody goes out there dressed like Jim Palmer back in the day when he did the jockey ads. Are the Washington commanders for real? I don't know. I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings on the road. You fucking fuck sucker. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to take the Vikings minus three. Son of a bitch. I mean, I didn't know. I'm not shit about my bed out. You know, you know what you're doing. Oh, you goddamn liberal conservatives. You're fucking up this country. (laughs) I'm going to take Minnesota minus three against the commanders. I'm not buying it. There you go. What do you got? Paul, nobody's selling it. Nobody's saying the commanders are for real. All right. Stop throwing mustard on your goddamn pick. That annoyed me. There's not one analyst out there saying the commanders are real. Oh, dude, they are. They're saying that this backup, they should have had him in earlier. There's some truth to that. Anytime you say, dude, I don't like it. All right, I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks getting two in Arizona. Getting two in Arizona. Oh, it's a good one. Oh, Sneaky Pete. He's he's, he's a great coach. He's a great coach. He's got, uh, you know, the son of Jim Zorn in there. Dude, Sneaky Pete wins. What can you say? (laughs) Sneaky Pete wins. He doesn't want to go home. Um, he doesn't want to go back to his house. He wants to go to the playoffs. I'm going to take with my third pick. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals coming off a loss. Oh my God. You're going to that game. Those two fucking teams, they playing the Colts or no playing, uh, uh, Panthers. Yeah. Oh my God. Don't neither one of those teams. I don't know who the fuck they are. Well, we're going to find out if Joe Burrow, what he are. is. You, you got you got two strippers bringing them back to your house with that game right there. <laughs> Good luck. Turn That's on the video funny. camera before the charges start coming. All right. I got uh, taking the Rams, getting three in Tampa Bay against the flailing Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I love Tom Brady, but that man does not have an offense. He does not have a he doesn't have any fucking receivers. And I don't think he has a head coach. All right? There, I said it. Oof. I don't want to go against the town that gave us Hooters. But God damn it, we're betting money here. I got my sunglasses on, Paul. This shit, That means this shit is real. I like the glasses. Wow, the Rams. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a ballsy pick. I like it. Paul, who gives a fuck? Hey, hey, who am I? I go two and two every week. Who am I? I'm who just some I? guy in fucking old school sweatpants here. <laughs> All right.
I'm dressed right. like Rocky, but I'm not running up the stairs. What do you think about that? All right. I got I got my fourth and final pick here. Uh, I'm dressed like the... Rocky because I took the undefeated Eagles, and I'm re- rooting for the Phillies right now, Paul. I know. I'm rooting Astros for the threw Phillies. threw a no-hitter last night. They threw like a progressive no-hitter. Yeah, but they I love how they it say with... it's a no-hitter. It's not a no-hitter. Like, I love how they go, oh, it's they a combined it, Paul. It's progressive. Everybody, uh, got, everybody got a ribbon. A no-hitter in my day, talking like I'm older. A no-hitter in you my day. You had to do it by yourself. <laughs> when in my day, a guy threw a doubleheader. You know those guys? <laughs> a guy threw 18 innings. He was still throwing in the 80s. After he shot a cologne commercial. You didn't hear them whining about it? <laughs> when I, I used I to see, see guys drinking Budweiser's their... in the dugout. If I see um, one more fucking car out here with their political stance on the back bumper, nobody gives a shit. No. Everybody knows how they're voting. Stop fucking devaluing your car. Um, Pretty soon they're going to have like used cars for like political people. I got a 1988 pro Ronald Reagan Honda Civic. <laughs> Should I go head to head? I got with a the- Jimmy Carter Suzuzu, Suzu Brat. <laughs> <laughs> Suzuki Brat. What was it? Subaru Brat. Remember that? That fucking poor excuse for a fucking pickup truck? I Stick took... your friends in the back, you back into a drive-in movie theater. That's how they tried to fucking sell that. Um, all right, man. This last one's tough. Oh they call him Polly the Pause. Polly Pause. I don't I'm re- my pick, so I don't know what I'm having. Um I'm like your wife when she goes out to dinner. What are you having? I don't know. What are you having? Then you got to sit there, you know? I'm going to take the Texans getting 13 and a half tonight. Come on. Come, what are we doing here? You're home. Have some pride. And I don't know, dude. You know what? The Eagles almost lost to Arizona. In Arizona. I'm going to. Why not? Well, why not, Paul? You got You got to fucking. You got to make a move at some point. I'm talking. I'm talking myself into this right now. You got to shit or get off the pot. Listen, I got to shake things up a little bit in the Verzi organization, or I'm on the hot seat. You are on the hot seat. <laughs> you got to make a bold move. Am I I'm gonna take the Bears. Am I buying the Bears getting four points at home against the Miami Dolphins? Are they going to stop Tyreek Hill? You know what, Paul? I'm going to do something fucking crazy right now. I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers, given three and a half in Detroit. I don't give a fuck. Wow. I don't care if Aaron Rodgers plays with his nipples during this week in practice. The end of the day, it's a family-run business, and there's no passion over there. And I feel bad for the people of Detroit. Speaking of which, I'm in Grand Rapids tonight if you want to come down to the show. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Paul, that's it. No. I'm out of here. We have one more thing to do here. Let the Monday Night Special win some money for you. Let we got the, the special. We got the um, win a hundred or two. We got the Baltimore Ravens in New Orleans against the Saints, and Baltimore is minus two and a half. Well, they got a better coach. New Orleans coach took you know the summer off to travel fucking through Europe to figure out who he is before he becomes the head coach of the Chargers. So we like the Ravens. Yeah, but they're going to go down there. They're going to go down to Bourbon Street. They're going to get a lap dance. They're going to be puking before the game. 
This is a tough one, Paul. Um, they play, they play well at home. Under got, over four. Under over forty eight. What do you I think? On, under over forty eight. I got on my rally hat for the Monday night special. Oh, that could be the difference. What do we need? Forty eight under over. What do you think? I say the Ravens go in, and they win the goddamn game, and nobody in New Orleans gives a shit because they eat fried food and fucking party all night, anyways. They don't need a win. They already got their Super Bowl. They got plenty <laughs> of horse. Dude, the Super Bowl is so long ago. The Super yeah. Bowl is forever ago. Yeah. Yeah, but they still won. They don't give a fuck. They're still partying after that. I'm adjusting my glasses here. I say the Ravens win it. Uh-huh. I like that. Yeah. Let's go with the over, Paul. Let's give people something fun to root for. Let's go with the over. And I think okay. that kid on, on New Orleans rushes for one. What's his name? Anderson oh, Cooper. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, that's the guy. All right, Anderson Cooper's going to rush for one. <laughs> All right, so then the Monday night special is going to be, we got the Ravens minus. Here you go, Ooh, Andrew. We're taking the over, and we're betting on one guys in the Saints, and it makes no sense. Just like building a city below the flood line. None of that makes sense, and that's why I think you are going to win some money. That's all. I'll see you later, Paulie. All right, there you go. I'll see you later. Have a good show out there in Grand Rapids, buddy. Thanks, Paul. It means the world to me that you just said that. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> All right. Um, we will reiterate Monday Night Special, Baltimore Ravens minus two and a half. We're going over 48, and we are going to take Alvin Kamara of the Saints to rush for a touchdown. Um, uh, my picks, Andrew, you have my picks. I just want to reiterate my picks. You have bills written down. I believe I got the Jets. I got the Jets plus 11 and a half. I got the Minnesota Vikings minus three. I have the Cincinnati Bengals minus seven and a half. And I have the Houston Texans tonight getting 13 and a half. This is gonna this is gonna be either a kill shot for the Paul Verzi camp this year, or it's gonna get me back up the ladder a couple steps. I don't know. All right, everybody. So that is uh this week's uh picks and Monday night special for uh NFL week number nine. Okay, and um we hope you win some money. We know. We know that the Monday night specials have been rough, and we know that we've won you some money in the past, and we know we lost you some money. Uh, it's a free, it's a weird year, guys. It is a weird year. I don't know what the hell's going on. Brady's going down. Rogers is going down. The Patriots are, I mean, it, it seems like all the pillars, Andrew, all the NFL pillars are falling. They're taking Rome, Andrew. They're taking Rome. Uh, yeah. Right. It's so a, it's a, it's a, you know, there's a lot of team. I mean, the Eagles, I don't know who had the Eagles to be undefeated. Um, I mean, yeah, nobody had the Eagles to be undefeated. I don't think anybody had the Giants. Oh, actually, I did. But other than that, I didn't have the Giants uh, doing, you know, like nobody really thought the defense would be this good of the Giants. Nobody thought that that some of these teams would be now some things. But listen, there are some really good teams that are up and down. You just don't know. There are certain teams you don't know who they are week to week. Uh, as far as anybody, uh, people reaching out about anything better, we are going to be doing it. We obviously going to do a lot. When we do the regular anything better, it's going to be a longer podcast. But with these traveling and everything going on. Yeah, these just work because, you know, 
These are 10, 15 minutes. This is the football. This is for people who want to pay attention to the football. Yeah, this is, this you know. is, listen, this is for the gamblers. This is for the people yeah. who want to throw a little bit of scratch. This is for, this is our NFL picks. But when we do a regular anything better, we're going to do a long regular podcast where we don't talk about sports. You guys know that it's just, uh, you know, hey, it's football season. Okay. You know, I no. mean, it seems self-explanatory, but some people kind of get confused because they just click listen. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the whole point is to have this be a separate entity so that people who necessarily don't want to hear this don't have to. And uh, and we get to work with a company that, uh, you know, helps us uh, make it a little easier. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we will be, uh, we'll be back next week. We'll be doing a regular anything better. Uh, we'll be doing uh, week 10. We hope you guys win some money this week. Uh, let's go Texans tonight. Let's get, let's not lose by 14. Let's start Paulie off in the right, uh, in the right direction. And there you go. This is, uh, this has been it. Make sure you guys download that BetMGM app and make sure if you put our bonus code in, which is Burr, B-U-R-R, and you put as little as $10 in, $10 minimum, you'll get $1,000 in free bets, guys. Even if you lose, they're giving you $1,000 to play with. Bet responsibly, but BetMGM, they're the best. The app is super easy. Hey, I use it all the time. Uh, so there you go. That's it. We'll be back uh, next week for week 10. Enjoy your football week. And um, let's go Monday night special for everybody's uh, for everybody to win some. And remember, guys, to bet, you got to be 21 years of age or older to wager in Arizona, Colorado, D.C., Iowa, Indiana, Kansas, Michigan, Mississippi, New Jersey, New York, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, uh, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming only. New customer offer, paid in free bets. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Uh, excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Uh, please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP for Arizona. Call 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, West Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for Confidential Help Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Call or text the Tennessee red line 800-889-9789 in Tennessee or call 1-888-777-9696 for Mississippi. Sports betting is void in Georgia. Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states were prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada.